Listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now, with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Pigskin Project. We've got a pretty special guest on today. He's had a pretty busy day as well. We got to put some respect on his name for that. Um, really quick, before we throw him into the show, Ben, how, how's your week, man? How's it going? It's been a good week. Again, with the college season kind of coming to an end, it's draft season, which is my time. So I've really enjoyed this past week. I just need PFF to fix their mock draft simulator or the draft network to get theirs up. This has been an awesome week. A lot of good conversation about what the Bears are going to do with the number one overall draft pick, and I'm sure we will get into it this episode. Oh, absolutely. We got a, a lot of stuff. Um, but and I added this to see a little bit of how it'll turn out. Hopefully, some Chicago fans know what's up with the intro music. Without further ado, we've got our guest for the week, a big name in Bears Twitter communities. If, if you're if you're on there, if you follow me, I really appreciate it. If not, we'll get there. Um, but Greg Braggs is joining the show. Check it out. We're gonna. Pause the music there. You know, oh, that man, was I was feeling the vibes on that. that was, <laughs> and that's my childhood right there. I mean, I know oh they still gosh. play it, but that takes me back to the 90s Bulls, which I'm assuming you two are too young to experience. But it was the glory days of my fanhood. I mean, you can see over my shoulder, uh, Jordan, <clears throat> little newspaper. I made that out of like five different newspaper articles that I saved. Oh, awesome. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, we were all Jordan disciples growing up. So to hear <laughs> that, it just takes me back to those days of, um, I mean, it was just insane. I can't even explain to you how special it was to watch Michael Jordan every night. Like, in, in, in like everyone across the country got to watch Michael, but like for it to be my team, my <laughs> player, you know, and every night it's in my local area. So it's on, you know, Comcast, whatever Sportsnet or whatever it was, the it used to be called the Sports Channel. I mean, it was special. It was special, and it was one of those things where the whole the whole family, every house, everybody stopped what they were doing to watch the Bulls. Didn't matter if you were young or old, you know, you know, a girl or a boy. Everybody watched Michael. Everybody, even if you didn't like basketball, it was that captivating. It was, so yeah, you play that music. That's what it takes me back to. Well, we got to bring you in with that too. I yes. mean, you know, yeah. we got to have a good time too. I'm honored. Um, so in the background, I, I can't help but notice you also have your your other podcast logo for Bragg's in the stands. Yeah, I got it over here. There it is. <laughs> so, um, you do a little bit of of both. Um, I mean, with with 
Purdue basketball being involved as well. Um, ben repping your your arch rival. So yeah, I noticed that. We, 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 were de- we were definitely going to get into it, but I figure I can take <laughs> it easy on Ben because I use having a rough go of it here. I mean, they did just have a bounce back win against Wisconsin, yeah. but uh, tough, yeah. tough, tough year if you're an IU fan going in as, you know, Big Ten favorites, and now they got to watch their rivals, the Boilermakers, you know, get right back to the mountaintop as far as uh, number one in the country when they were supposed yeah. to be rebuilding Ben. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we yes. still got to play each other. So, what is know, it? January twenty eighth? I think it is something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, these games now. Now the Big Ten play started. This is one of my favorite times of year. There's a game every night in the Big Ten, so it's just a lot of fun because every game's so close. So it's just a lot of fun. See, I'm yeah. more of a Kentucky basketball guy, and you both probably hate me for that. Sure except, we do. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, we absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, I uh, not not a lot of fun recently for that one. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about your podcast just a little bit. Um, you know, and and what you cover as well for Brags in the Stands. Um, you know, what get into it? What do you what do you yeah. like to do on that? I mean, I kind of just use it as my home base. I mean, right now I'm really focused on Purdue basketball coverage. I've been doing dabbling in coverage the last few years. I did have a good friend of mine that played for the team for the last five years, Sasha Stefanovic. Me and him are are friends and our families are friends. And um, so that's kind of what really set off the fire as far as my fandom for Purdue, but then also this media coverage that I'm doing for Purdue because now I'm fully credentialed for the season and um, now that Sasha's gone, I feel more comfortable leaning into the media aspect of it a little harder. I was trying not to embarrass him as best I could, you know, with letting <laughs> him do his thing before, you know, I kind of stepped into it a little, little deeper as far as what I'm doing with media. So it's been a lot of fun. We had Matt Painter on to start the year, uh, Fletcher lawyer after one of when they got to number one in the country, just had Ethan Morton on some former players, Bobby Riddell, Chris Kramer have come on last year. We had Robert, Robbie Hummel and, Isaac Haas and you know it's it's a lot of fun just because it's um you know like Chicago sports there's it's a wide net there's a lot of different podcasts out there covering that stuff with Purdue it's a smaller it's a smaller um it's a smaller lake right the fish there's not as many fish in that sea so it's kind of fun to be able to step in there and bring what I know how to do as far as coverage and bring it to Purdue sports obviously I'm passionate just about them you know, as a fan. So then now doing stuff with that, that's kind of what we're doing with it now. But like I said, I just use it as my home base. It was all, when I started Braggs in the stands, it was just a resume builder. Like uh, I'm going to have something that's mine. I'm going to put my name on it. And then I'm going to talk about whatever I want. And for a long time, it was like bears every week, NFL every week, but other oh, yeah. times we just go live and talk shit. I mean, I'd bring my friends <laughs> on and we'd just have fun <laughs> with it. And we like, there's some nights, like you can go back and find old shows where we go like four hours and, it is the most mindless rambling and we're just, you know, messing around like, you know, friends at a bar or something like that. So that's just kind of how I've always used it. It's mine. I can go on it whenever I want. Just like what you guys are doing here. You can, you can do a show, one show a week. You can do no shows for two months if you're busy, you know what I mean? And <laughs> it's always there for you. And I, I always encourage anyone that's getting into this stuff to have their, their own thing, do other things, you know, work for other people, but have your own thing too that you always just have as yours to continue to build up. And that's, that's basically what it is, but it, it's kind of turned into a, a boilers podcast in a lot of ways I'm doing a lot of my bears coverage with CHGO. So I don't want to cross, 
you know, contaminate that coverage. I want to give all my effort when it comes to the bears to CHGO because that's what they're paying me to do. Yeah. So now, you know, I'm kind of just using it exclusively for the Purdue stuff. Yeah. Let's dive into that too a little bit. Cause I mean, you know, you're perfectly segueing into it. Um, so when it comes to, you know, CHGO, uh, you're covering the bears and everything doing a great job, by the way, uh, it's a great it. show today. Um, I, I did a little bit of digging, you know, when you have a guest, you have to do a little bit of digging and find out uh, a couple, a couple things about you didn't find my police record from high school. No, 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 but I did find a really cool picture. Um, and, and I want you to kind of talk about this really quick before we dive into like our main show yeah. per se. Okay. What's going on with this, man? I mean, you've got two of the coolest people. You know, so uh, that's let's see. There's Akeem Hicks right behind you, right? right? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think that's Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yes, it? it is. So, what what's going on here? Yeah, so you know, uh, years ago, I I did work with Bears Bar Room, now known as the Bar Room Network, and we were doing a lot of Bears coverage. This is when I was first really getting started into like actual coverage of stuff, and um. So I worked with a lot of people with Bears Bar Room, and one of those people was Bear Lissimo. I don't know how familiar you are, you are oh, yeah. with him on Bears Twitter, but he's a very popular Bears follow, very smart Bears fan, understands the X's and O's. He has his own YouTube channel where he breaks down, you know, uh, the tape. You know, he'll go two hours breaking down defensive tackles in their tape and, mm. and knows the game in a much more complex way than I do as a fan. Well, he invited me to go to the game in London when the bears played the Raiders at Tottenham Hotspur stadium. Yeah. And at first I was like, dude, no way. I I can't afford that. And he's like, I got your ticket. I got your hotel room. All you got to do is fly out here. I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, flights. I'm I'm not gonna be able to afford this right now. It's just on the last second games in a couple months. No way. I'm going to be able to buy an airplane. He's like, they're not that much. I look online. They weren't wasn't that much at all. uh, As far as expense to fly out there. So I kind of told my wife, I was like, you know, this is a chance of a lifetime to go to London, see the Bears play. And so I did it. I bought a plane ticket. It took him up on it. And before you knew it, I was flying out to London, um, flying across the ocean was certainly scary going over the ocean <laughs> like that. I was just like, I'm not a big fan of flying that much. So oh, going yeah. over the ocean was like terrifying for me, but got through it with a few movies and uh, you know, the, when you go across seas, the planes are like much bigger than like the planes when you take yeah. it just to like okay. California or some shit. So it was kind of nice because it was comfy and stuff. But, you know, there there we are at London. And the day before they had like a meet and greet for players and stuff. And the funny thing is, is uh, they were they were there. And then a player from the Raiders, a former player who was like in the Hall of Fame, I think it was. Uh, Jim Everett or it was a, it's a famous I'm pretty sure it was Jim Everett but the funny thing it was all Bears fans there and they all wanted to see Akeem Hicks and somewhat high Clendex but mostly Akeem Hicks and Jim Everett's sitting here they're all at these tables nobody's going up to Jim Everett nobody even knows who he is because everyone's like wanting to talk to Akeem and I was just kind of <laughs> laughing at that the Bears fandom we were all just so obsessed with the Bears and they were you know hot at that time it was 2019 so it was just after the 2018 season and um, it was just a hell of an experience. I mean, uh, we went to the famous Three Kings London, uh, famous Three Kings pub, which is a very famous bar in London, and met a bunch of Bears fans there. Jared Payton was there. 
a bunch nope. of writers for the Bears. Adam, that's uh, Adam Hogue, Adam Johns, Kevin Fishbane, a bunch of guys were there, came to the bar, sharing drinks. I'm drunk as hell, just having fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it was. It was just one of those great things. And then the game was on Sunday, and, you know, the Bears lost to the Raiders in epic fashion. But it was an amazing game, too. And I think for all the games that have ever taken place in London, I think because like when you go to a game in London, it's fans of all 32 teams that go to the game. It's not just Bears fans and Raiders fans. It's fa- you see jerseys of every team there. So they're just co- going to see football, NFL football. And um, I think we our game gave them something they had never seen before. Like as far as we were down 20 to nothing at the half, the Bears came storming back, tied the game. Allen Robinson takes that ball and throws it into the stands after he hits the touchdown chase Daniel. Uh, Akeem Hicks actually, I think, broke his arm, had his arm hurt in that game too. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we met Akeem Hicks before, and that's kind of where that picture took place. So it was it was a hell of an experience. I was only there for three days, so it was a little frustrating to like be in London for the first time ever and not get to like see as much of London as I wanted to. But right. just in general, as a whirlwind, and and George is his name, but they call him Barrelissimo was the reason I was out there. And I, and I have to thank, I can't thank him enough because it was uh, just one of those experiences that you'll never, it's one of those once in a lifetime experiences. For sure. Before I let Ben get to his questions, um, I just got to ask, I'm a huge fan of Akeem Hicks. Was he cool in person? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've talked with Akeem Hicks a few times at camp, a few times coming out the tunnel at games. And then obviously there, he was always one of the nicest, um, players to interact with fans ever. I mean, when you, when training camp used to be at Bourbon A, he'd mm-hmm. be one of the guys that would stay way after all the other players had gone in the locker room to like make That's sure awesome. he had taken care of every fan that wanted to say hi or take a picture or get an autograph. So, you know, he, I can't speak enough of Akeem Hicks. There's a few guys that stand out like that. Akeem Hicks, Devin Hester, Tommy Harris. Really? Yeah, they Devin was great with fans. Even at his peak of his greatness, he never took for granted the people that That's wanted really to meet him or get an autograph from him. I think I like just like when he was playing. I mean, I was autograph obsessive, and so I think I have like Devin signed like eight things of mine. Like you know, I have a I have two jerseys signed by him. You know, he gave mm-hmm. he actually gave me a cleat once and signed it because I was just harassing him at camp every year. <laughs> so like. It's you, you don't take as a fan. I never took personally the players that would just run to the locker room, ignore all the fans. They got a job to do at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, there are other fans that would take that kind of thing personally. But the one thing I always did was make sure I didn't take for granted the players that did give their time, like Akeem Hicks. He was all class and he truly loved being a Chicago bear. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the people that I, you know, was, able to meet just this previous off season as well. And during the season as well. Um, have you talked to Travis Gibson before? Cause he's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a really, really cool guy, but I will hand the baton over to Ben. I'll close this guy out um, for his question. Yeah, no. So I, I was kind of just wondering like how you got into this and how you built your stuff up, but real quick before you, uh, you know, go into that. I remember Ryan, Telling a story, poor Larry Borum. He said when uh, when he went to training camp, like Larry Borum stayed afterwards, like signed stuff, and like everyone just like walked past him. But I felt so bad for him hearing the story. Yeah, yeah I mean that happens sometimes. I've seen guys back in the day, you know, like Devin Aroma should do, 
I was walking past her. I think it was Devin Aromashadu. He's walking past. And everybody's like, Hester, Hester. And he's like, I'm not Devin Hester. And I remember saying to him, and I think it was Aromashadu, but it might have been another player. I was like, look, dude, you sign that ball, Devin Hester, or just keep walking. You know, like, you know, there's just some players you got to work your way up the ladder, you know. And, um, yeah, that's what happens, right? Um, you know, some fans, like I said, even Jim Everett. He, he was a great Raider, and fans were passing him by because they don't remember him. It's not it. So it, it just kind of happens and comes with the territory. But, um, you know, eventually they eventually they all want, you know, to meet you in general. And there's always a segment of fans that are just grateful for no, no matter what, you know, kids oh, yeah. that are getting an experience and stuff like that. But, yeah, you feel for those guys because there's obviously the why everybody's going crazy to meet Khalil Mack or, you know, Lance Briggs, Brian Urlach, or Peanut Tillman, or whatever, yeah. and and then Fields then was the, nuts. Yeah, this past off season. Oh yeah, Fields. crazy. And he was grateful, really, really, um, oh, yeah. really good with his time and stuff. Like he didn't have to run over the fan. He could have done the thing where he just has like the private seven fans that they give him, but he yeah. didn't. He can't. He comes over to the crowd. I've seen him when he comes out the tunnel, take care of fans like right there oh, in yeah. the tunnel during game day and stuff. So. You know, like I said, they're not obligated yeah. to do that stuff, but you always appreciate when they do. Ben? Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, I was just wondering how you kind of like got into the podcasting like world and how you like built up your brand a little. Yeah, I mean, I kind of fell into it, right? I mean, I've always been a passionate fan. I've always gone to games. I always make myself known wherever I go. And that was before I did podcasting. I mean, I'm just a jackass. So like (laughs) wherever I go, you know, I'm there because I'm loud and I'm trying to have fun. So if you're with me, we're having fun. And, you know, then the other part of it too was like, some people knew me for going to games. If you went to games and tailgates, you started to get to know me just in that way. But then the other aspect of it that was more like media was I would call into Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000 for years. I mean, when they first started like 10, 15 years ago, like I was one of their first callers where I would call every day. Like there's some callers that'll call once and that's it. I'd be calling like once a week, sometimes once every day, just because I wanted to go on. And it was like cool for me. Like the first time I ever called in, like you get, you have those nerves and butterflies. I don't know if you've ever called into a radio station to give your thought or a question, but you like, while you're waiting on hold, you can hear the, the, you know, them on the radio. And then they say, you know, Greg from St. John, you're on with ES, you know, Waddle and Sylvie and your heart starts to jump. You don't oh, know yeah. <laughs> what to say. And like, for me, when I get into that panic mode, I just black out and just start rambling. And that became kind of what I was known for with Waddle and Sylvie. I do this like every day. And before a while, I start to kind of got a feel for saying what I wanted to say. But for the most part, I'd panic so much that I'd just start shooting off. And Waddle and Sylvia are such pros. They know how to play off of anybody, whether it's a pro that's calling in or someone like me that's, you know, can't get their thoughts together. So they mess with me a little bit. And so I built up a relationship with them just from being a fan of their show. And I didn't have a podcast back then. I was just a fan, just like anybody else. And I still am to this day, but it was just different back then because I didn't have an angle I was working. Well, then 2017 and 2018 roll around. We draft Mitch Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, Tanner Gentry, Eddie Jackson. And I was really excited for the new future of the Bears because I had just been so sick of Jay Cutler and all those guys because they had just ran their time out. They weren't good and they were really boring for like, four-year stretch from 2012 to 
2016. They just lost a lot. And it wasn't yeah. even fun. Like a lot of times you're turning the game off. They were so bad. Mm. And so when 2017 yeah. roll around, we get Mitch Trubisky. You know, initially when we drafted him, I was pissed because I wanted Deshaun Watson. But by the time camp rolls around, I fall in love with anyone that's a bear. Yeah. You know, that's just who I am. I'm going to root for anyone's success and dream the biggest dream for each player. Well, Mitch is going to become Tom Brady, you know, or whatever the hell I'm thinking <laughs> in my head. You know what I'm saying? But I was most yeah. excited, honestly, for, for Tariq Cohen. Because when you watched his tape, you were like, this guy could be like Hester. You know, he's he's got that look, you know. And when you went to camp, he was the first person that jumped off the, like, page when you watched him, you know, from the stands. He had that burst that you just weren't used to seeing. So that's when phones, you know, this, this stupid thing really started to, you know, the camera started getting much better. You know, I do, I do video at camp when Instagram started in like 2008, like you can go back. If you go and scroll back on my Instagram, you can see video of Cutler throwing to Alshon one handed catches from Brandon Marshall. I was putting a lot of camp video on Instagram but nobody was really finding it. It was just people that are my friends that would follow me and see this stuff. So I, I didn't really have like a idea of how I want to do it. But then when 2017, 2018 roll around, the camera's much better on my phone. And now I've kind of realized like I, that's when I realized I could use Twitter as a vessel. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start putting the, these videos on Twitter because Instagram it's, it's somewhat private. You have to, know the person to find the video in a lot of ways. I mean, I know you can find it through hashtags and stuff, but Twitter people retweet your stuff. And the first time I put a video up, it took off. And I was like, okay, that was in 2017. I put up a trick play and it kind of made rounds. It was the first tweet I ever did that anyone even like looked at, like, cause I was just, just like anybody else on Twitter that just reads everything. And so that kind of like was like a light bulb. So 2018, I had a total plan. I was like, when I go to camp, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to go to every single camp and I'm going to record every single play and put it on Twitter. And I did that. I mean, I was, I was running to the fucking top of the middle bleachers and I'm recording every single snap, whether it's one-on-ones, O-line drills, D-line drills, you know, and then when seven on seven, 11 on 11s, and then I just tried to pretend like I was a reporter that year. And within three days, one of my videos ended up on NFL network. And oh my from, gosh. yeah, from the first day I did it to the end of that weekend of the first weekend of camp, I went from 20 followers to over 3000. It was like in the blink of an eye because bears fans, I didn't realize this, but there was this whole segment of bears Twitter that was starting to grow. Well, they're yeah. looking for this stuff. And I was the only person putting it on video like that instead of just reporting it like the, because the media guys, they couldn't do that. They're not, they're restricted from putting that video up like that. Well, Greg don't give a shit. And at one point I had, <laughs> Bear, at one point I had the bears media staff coming up to me. Like, who are you? Who do you work for? I'm like, I'm a bricklayer. I don't I work for HD three masonry. What do you mean? And then like, they're realizing like, uh Oh, like, we can't stop this guy. You know, he, he can just, he's not breaking any rules. And so it really took off. And I had a relationship just from being at camp in the years before with Josh Bellamy. I actually was friends with him on Snapchat years before. And I always rooted for him when nobody knew who Josh Bellamy was. And uh, we, I used to Snapchat him on my way to camp. Like, 
let's go, Bezo. You make the team this year. You know, you keep fighting. Da, da, da. So then when I started to take off, he, he supported me and he would tell like Tariq Cohen and Eddie and, and all these guys like about me, Alan Robinson. I, one day I walked up to camp. He's like, yo, this is my boy Braggs. As I was walking up with my backpack and my phone, he's like, we're going to make this dude a star. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, ah, whatever, you know, I'm just having fun with this, but it was cool for that moment for me. Like he's, he knows me. He's like, kind of like giving me the okay to these guys. And what was funny was that year, Alan Robinson retweeted myself, Eddie Jackson, Tariq Cohen, uh, pretty like 20 guys on the team were. And at one point during camp, you, if you went to like all these different players pages, my name was at the top of the timeline <laughs> on every dude. So I was kind of like just taken over. And there were some media guys that were rubbed the wrong way by that. And then there were others that respected the hustle. They were like, I even had a couple people come up to me and say, you know, we honestly appreciate what you're doing because we can then go back to our hotel room that night, go to your Twitter feed and review the plays. And it makes us write a better story. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you're welcome. I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> I'm just having fun out here. And it just grew from there. And yeah, I had uh, uh, Phil Latoshin, uh, Draft Dr. Phil, as they call him, from Tape Never Lies Network. Now he was at Barroom. He reached out to me, asked if I would – I did an interview with him, and then we, you know, had a relationship formed from there. He starts trying to convince me to do podcasting, and that's it. I mean, that's what it turned into. And I did Bears stuff for them. Then I did my own thing, but overall, like how I got to this point, and this is something I'll always emphasize with anybody that, because I have plenty of people ask me like, how did you get to CHGO? You know, it's being passionate. It's being genuine. I genuinely love doing this. I'm very passionate about sports. That's obvious. So you can't fake those two things, but the biggest thing was networking. Like Mm. my relationship with Waddle and Sylvie and David Kaplan before I had done this stuff, And then when I started doing the stuff, I've always been respectful to anyone that I've worked with or I've come across as as a guest and things like that. And you just never know who's going to come across you and is watching what you're doing. And there, you know, some people started building up a little bit of a respect for me. And one of those people was Kevin Kadick, who had a newsletter called the Midway Minute. And we built up a relationship. I had him on my podcast as a guest because he wrote a good article about Sammy Sosa or something. And we had a nice conversation. And from there we built a relationship. Well, he ends up being the head of content at CHGO. And then we, you know, figured out how I can, I'm I'm asking him to come on. He's asking me if I'm interested and now I'm on CHGO. So like, it's just like one of those things where I knew I had the right people in my corner. I knew people were paying attention to what I do. And eventually that networking stuff kind of opened a door to something that, you know, I was striving for, but it wasn't a guarantee. And at the end of the day, if nothing had ever came, I would have just kept doing it for fun. And I'd have been Mm. in the stands this year doing it for free. And I'd have got every highlight of Justin Fields (laughs) running 60 yard time. I mean, I was pissed this year. I'm at the studio. We're doing pre and post game shows and Hester's Mm. running for 70 yards every week. I'm like, I want to be in the stands getting (laughs) this video because this that's gold, man, to capture that moment, those moments for me. That's why that's why it's called Brags in the Stands. I love being there to feel that energy and then oh, yeah. obviously start capturing it. So that's the extremely long-winded answer. But um, <laughs> you know, I could go. You'll be here for two hours. You keep asking me questions because I I I don't know how to shut up. So at any point, feel free to tell me to shut up. 
<laughs> no, we're all good, man. We love yeah. it. Um, sounds, you know, honestly makes us more, I, I know I probably speak for Ben with this, but it makes us more excited hearing oh, that yeah. from you just because that's pretty much the same exact formula just about when it comes to like what we're doing here. Um, you know, we love trying to reach out to more people and, and, you know, get our names a little bit out there, but not only that, but meet people like you that are a lot of fun to talk to yeah. and, you know, just see their stories and then talk about some football, which is what we're just about to do as well. Um, we do have, you know, a regular scheduled show as well. Uh, we'll get back to the brag show as well, but he's as, as normally he's going to contribute as well, as far as I know, as long as it's cool with him. Um, I, 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 we can go till one in the morning <laughs> until all your viewers and listeners pass out from me talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our weekly review. Um, so with that, pretty much what I normally do and, and, you know, I, I normally just read off the scores and everything, but I do have, just a little bit of a couple questions just to kind of analyze because we don't have that many games this week. Um, So the 49ers beat the Seahawks 41 to 23. So my question with that is, are the Niners the most dangerous playoff team this year? Ben, what are your thoughts? It's tough because as a conversation mean, uh, mean you have had, and then our friend Matt have had, you know, off air is, obviously I, and this is coming from an Eagles fan. I think Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the year. I mean, the way his offense is structured to have any quarterback continue to step in is awesome. Um, and obviously the number one defense in the NFL. But I think this this week is going to be their test. If anyone mm. gives Brock Purdy some struggles, it's going to be the Cowboys defense. Um, and honestly, I don't think people are giving the Cowboys enough chance to win this game. I see that. Bryce? Yeah, I mean, I have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Um but I mean, I, I I wouldn't disagree that the 49ers are the most dangerous team. I mean, when you consider, you know, their whole team is loaded. Their defense is loaded. Their skill position players are loaded. Their offensive line is loaded. And everybody's just kind of trying to figure out what the hell Brock Purdy is because he <laughs> had a hell of a game last week. And it's easy to, I guess, easy to do that when you have a lot of playmakers. But at the same time, if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's six starts in the playoffs for the 49ers, they had trouble moving the ball and scoring touchdowns. This guy comes in 300 plus yards, three touchdowns. So, you know, you can say anybody, hey, anybody, because like I was asking, you know, how good would Justin Fields be on the Niners? And some yeah. people understood that he'd be the greatest player to ever live if he was on the Niners. And then there were other people like, you know, he would suck. And you had like this, you know, I know Justin's very uh, divisive topic right now, but like, like people are like, well, anybody can be good with the Niners. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. You know, I mean, Jimmy was efficient, but did Jimmy ever have 300 plus yards and three touchdowns in the playoffs? No. Now they have Christian McCaffrey this year, which is a different, yeah. you know, wrinkle yeah. than what Jimmy had. So, you know, I'll try to be fair to that, but it's not like they haven't had good run games before Christian. Obviously he brings a whole new layer to that level to that, but yeah, I would agree that dangerous is their, is what they are now. Will they win? I, I have the Cowboys winning. Um, you know, I think the Cinderella um, stroke of midnight, she's, you know, it, <laughs> you know it's going to go back to not being Cinderella anymore. Um, and the Cowboys, I believe will win, but I mean, it's a coin flip. I'm sure it's going to be a close game and it wouldn't surprise me in the least if the Niners get through. And if they do, you know, I mean, with Jalen hurts, 
you know, you know, just coming off injury. Yeah, I see you're an Eagles fan. We can get to that too. <laughs> you got a lot going on over there, Ben, with your Indiana shirt and the Eagles flag. I'm I'm trying my best to have patience with you, but um I got a friend that's a diehard Eagles fan too, and I mess yeah. with them. Like when they were undefeated every day, every week I'd text them. I'm like, there's absolutely nothing that will go wrong this year for you, Nick. Congrats on your Super Bowl. And he'd, he'd just be like, shut the fuck up. Like, quit yeah. jinxing me. And then, of course, when they played the Bears is when we hurt Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Yep. I don't like to see because obviously Jalen's really exciting player and it makes it makes the playoffs less fun if he's not fully healthy. I mean, I want to see these teams at their best playing each other because if the Bears are going to be there, I just want to see good football games. But I do think that that opens the door, you know, because they would have probably ran to the Super Bowl. But now we got to see how Jalen is health wise. And yep. you know, they could get upset by the Giants. It's a divisional matchup. So, you. We'll uh, you know, it. You know, I don't have much faith in the Giants. But at the same time, again, these are coin flip games. The freaking yeah. Miami Dolphins with their third string quarterback damn near fucking beat the Bills. So yeah. for any any team's got a shot. You know, it's, you're not going to tell me, oh, no chance. I don't, it's not, that's not possible anymore in the NFL. Everyone has a chance. So, uh, but yeah, I just going back to your original question. I, I, yeah, I do think the 49ers are dangerous, but I do have the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. but who cares? Like what I, my prediction is, (laughs) you know, it may or may not be right. So, I mean, you kind of hinted at the next question unintentionally too. Is this Brock Purdy's team to lose next year? I mean, he's already done it. He's won a playoff game. He could potentially win two. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. I mean, you have Trey Lance. Who's the starting quarterback in San Francisco next season? I mean, yeah, I think barring something crazy like Tom Brady going to the 49ers, which I do think is a possibility, uh, that that's his childhood dream team. Mm-hmm. Um I, when they played the 49ers this year, that there's a photograph of Tom like looking in awe at the in the in the tunnels. They had these big portraits of the 49ers, and so and Tom's kind of like a wild card. If he wants to play for the 49ers, it's going to be hard for the 49ers to say no to that. Could you imagine Tom Brady on that freaking team right now? No. You know, he'd be winning another one. And yeah. so I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if something like that happened, but barring that kind of like, it would have to be that. And if that mm-hmm. doesn't happen, then yeah, they're going to give the keys to Brock Purdy because he hasn't done anything to prove otherwise that he doesn't deserve it. And if he has one game where he struggles and they don't win the Super Bowl, is that going to be enough for them to move off of him? I think they'll trade Trey Lance. I mean, at this Ooh. point, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, they've already gone so far down the well with them and you know, the injuries and everything. like, you really going to, let Trey start over Brock and, and, and like try to build that back up when you just don't know what you're getting from him. I mean, before he got hurt, he still had to prove that he could play the position. Now Brock's had this experience and they're playing well, you know, and I know Shanahan is just one of those guys that just wants his system ran the way he thinks it should be running three touchdowns, 300 plus yards. And you're going to keep doing that. Why, why, why switch that up for anybody short of, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. Right. I do think that's a real possibility. Yeah. Ben? See, I, I can't quite get there so much with the amount that they've had to, like, invest in him and what it costs him to, like, move up. And, yes, Brock Purdy's doing amazing. But I said it before, I think any quarterback can 
not any quarterback, but most quarterbacks can succeed in Shanahan's system. And I think when you mix that with his tools, let's be honest, everyone knew going into the draft cycle that year, Trey Lance was a project. My guess, and like you said, outside of Tom Brady, my guess, and if I were the Niners, I think I probably would hand the hand the rings over to Trey Lance and see what he can do the first few weeks. And I mean, risk comes to worst, you stick Brock Purdy back there and the offense is right back to where it was this year. I I personally, I mean, you guys both make really solid points. It's it's kind of unfair to Trey Lance at this point. He got hurt so early to where I, I'm kind of scared to count him out at this point because, I mean, yeah. let's face it, he can still be a weapon, and especially in this offense. Um, but, I mean, I can't help but think, I mean, he's still so cheap. What's what's stopping them from just letting them compete next season and then see where that goes? And if one gets hurt because it's the 49ers and somebody always gets hurt, I mean, you know, why not just hand the keys to whoever else? Um, and then see how they do, and then they're just go back win. and forth. They're in win now mode, though. They're paying all these guys. They're trading for Christian. Man- I mean, it's like what the Rams went through, where they're bringing in this like all star team. You know, I'm not exactly sure what their salary cap situation looks like, but I'm sure it's getting filled up. You know, and it's yeah. like, how much longer can they continue to attempt to develop? Because it's not just like they, you know, Trey Lance gets healthy, put him back as a starter, and he's a great quarterback. He's still got to prove that he can be a great quarterback. Yeah, You know, so that's, that's where it's like the why not is, well, they're in win now mode. So I don't know how much patience they can show with all these assets they've brought in, you know, mm-hmm. they're trying to win a Super Bowl right now. And if they don't, they're going to be gunning for it next year. Cause I can't imagine they're going to be able to keep all these players forever. Right. Um, my, my last point that I want to bring up for sure, I mean, they – back to, I mean, the very first question because I don't think that I was able to comment on it as much. I think that they are the most dangerous team this season and, and just specifically in both conferences, really. Um, I mean, a close second, unfortunately, Ben, it's your Eagles. Um, as much as I, you know, I want to see you happy, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I really hate the Eagles. Um, hey, so, hey, Hurts is what you guys can hopefully look forward to in, in fields. So We'll, we'll hope right. for that. Next, um, the Jaguars beat the Chargers 31 to 30. Um, my favorite topic to talk about recently <sighs> is, are the Jags going to be as easy to knock out this week against the Chiefs as everybody says? I don't think it's going to be that easy. I think, I mean, I'm just going to say my piece. Ben, you can go next. Um, really, I think as far as the Jags go, it all boils down to how Trevor Lawrence plays. Because if he is at least – because th- those four interceptions are not going to do it against Kansas City. But if he were to play, I would say maybe even, you know, a little bit better than that. I think that he can move them at least to where they're competing in that game. Now, if he takes the – biggest step and he's playing and he doesn't turn over the ball I think the Chiefs could potentially be in trouble Ben I I think they could be in trouble but I love you buddy I I think you're still stuck in like the preseason view that you had on him I mean Patrick Mahomes I I think is MVP and I don't even think it's close and again this is coming from an Eagles fan I mean his passing without Tyreek Hill has been amazing I I think this offense is just going to be really 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 hard to deal with and let's be honest, if the Jacks played any other team besides the Chargers, they probably would have lost. Um, 
But like you said, I mean, there's such a high variance in his play. He started the first half with four interceptions and ended the second half with four touchdowns. Um, but I, I really don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to let this game slip from him. I would be very, very surprised. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what people probably think it is. But at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are going to handle this one pretty easy. We'll get to our predictions later on as yeah. well. But uh, Braggs, you're up next. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I have a hard time seeing the Jaguars uh, shocking the world and Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, um, Trevor Lawrence certainly is going to be a great quarterback in this league. You know, four interceptions and then to bounce back like that, yeah, it's a bad loss for the Chargers. But for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson to kind of stay with it, uh, it was pretty damn impressive. So, you know, I certainly think they will be a force again. Nobody doesn't have a chance in this fucking. I, yeah. Sorry if I keep cursing. Um, it's getting late. It's good. I don't know if cursing's allowed here. I, I've already done it like six times. So I hope it is. But, but it's all good. No worries. Uh, I apologize. Um, but I just, uh, I'm like a sailor. But uh, I, I mean, anybody's got a shot, right? You know, yeah. I, I, the Bills almost lost to the Dolphins third string. So I'm sure yeah. there will be some tight moments, but. Patrick Mahomes is kind of like that young QB slayer, right? I mean, mm. I know uh, the Bengals upended them last year, so that was the that was the um, the exception to that rule. But like, if you remember the game before that, he took down Josh Allen in um, one of the most epic games ever, and it was like they're trading punches. And Patrick Mahomes is just one of those guys that he's kind of like Jordan, right? I'm sure in Kansas City, these guys. I'm sure yeah. these families all gather around the TV as a family and watch the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes. And when you got a young QB up and coming and you're the big dog, and I, and I think Patrick's got a little bit of that in him, he's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show this young buck what it's all about. you know. And no matter what Trevor does, it's like when the Bears play Aaron Rodgers. I always tell people, like, we can play the best game ever and Aaron Rodgers is going to match it. You know, yep. if we don't play <laughs> yeah. a good game, maybe it'll stay close and Aaron doesn't have, feel like he has to play as well. But if people are like, well, if only the Bears had scored four touchdowns, then they would have beat Aaron. No, Aaron would have just thrown five then because he's a competitor, <laughs> you know, and that's what Patrick Mahomes kind of is, right? It, yep. you, you give him a challenge. He's sitting on the sideline. All right, my turn, you know, yep. so it's going to take a lot for the Jaguars to take down Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it, it'll be tough to do, but. Nothing surprises me in this league, too. So I got to preface that. What I'm going to go ahead and do, I'm going to make the executive decision to move a little bit quicker in the weekly review section, move on yeah. to weekly news, and then we'll get into our, our big meat of the podcast. Um, the Bills beat the Dolphins 34 31. Um, the big headline is they could be potentially in trouble this week against the Bengals. We'll dive into that more so in Pigs Can Pick them. Uh, Giants beat the Vikings 31 24. Um, and then Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17. The big headline with that one is J.K. Dobbins said that if they had Lamar Jackson, um, that game would have ended a lot different. Um, the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers 31-14. to um, I fell asleep during that game. Wasn't a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, but let's go ahead. We're going to move on to uh, weekly news now. Um, so with this, I only have a couple bullet points that I really want to hit on. Um, other than that, it's just strictly headlines. Um, Jets are absolutely willing to spend big for a franchise quarterback. 
Owner Woody Johnson noted that he thinks quarterback is the final piece in that team. Uh, the Colts are not interested in Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Um, to that, I say beggars can't be choosers. Um, Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith will be back with the team in 2023. They've already talked about contract negotiations and stuff like that as well. Um, this is one that I really want to talk more so specifically to Braggs about. Um, Cardinals are hiring Titans Monty Austinfort as their new GM. And he won four Super Bowls with the New England Patriots before joining Tennessee for the last three years as a director of player personnel. And it also allows Bears assistant GM Ian Cunningham to remain with the Bears after two interviews with Tennessee. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not entirely sure if you guys have talked about this on your show yet. Um, but if you just want to do like a brief overview of what this means for maybe Bears fans that could be listening, um, that would be probably the most ideal because I don't think I would be able to provide as much with that. And, and, and Ryan, I'm going to cut you off here real quick, Alex. I, I think you forget where Ian Cunningham came from in the first place. What's that? He came from the Eagles. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that hiring too. Also yep. – his name's his name's Greg Braggs, not, not Alex. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I um I was wondering. Sorry, I, I, have a, I have a friend. I called a, Kevin Warren, our new president today on the show, Mark Warren. So it happens. You know? <laughs> I, I have a friend with this uh, with the same last name. So dude, Braggs, what you don't Sorry. know is that Wait, you know somebody ben and with I... the last name Braggs? Is that what <laughs> yeah, they, they're uh from a town over I time out. You know somebody with the last name Braggs. Yeah, goes to IU. Alex Bragg. No, he doesn't go to IU. He goes to. I was gonna say, what the hell? Lives, you gotta introduce us. Home. There's no way. This is crazy. I mean, <laughs> maybe this isn't crazy. Are there other Braggs out there? This is nuts. <laughs> With two G's, <laughs> should um, have a meetup. There used to be a baseball player named Glenn Braggs. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, there's no relation there. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy. That's cool. So, um, Ian Cunningham. Yeah. Ian Cunningham, yeah. Um, no, it's a huge thing for the Bears. I mean, obviously you're gonna, you know, you, you want everybody to get a promotion, and if he get taken the job, you wish him well. Thank you for his service, one year, and you're out. But selfishly, you you want this continuity with this organization to to remain while they're still building it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so for him to leave, it would have been a big blow because this is the first, like people say. Well, the Bears already had an offseason to, you know, like last year they should they could have built, you know, when people are like trying to give the front office a pass and people say, well, they couldn't do much last offseason. They're like, well, they had a whole draft on. Well, they didn't really have a full offseason. They they got hired after the season's over in middle of January. And if you remember, the hiring process took a while to figure out who yeah. the GM and the head coach were going to be. Well, now you're getting closer to the combine and the senior bowl and, all, and you haven't even hired your GM or head coach, then once you do, they still got to hire their staff and everybody else, including Ian Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And so there is no year-long scouting for what direction you want to go to attack free agency or the draft. You're doing all this stuff off of previous, you know, evaluations for other teams and what those needs were. And now you're not in your groove yet of how you want to build the bears. So they yeah. ripped it down. They didn't really build it up. You know, they signed everybody to these small term contracts. Now they've had a whole year, you know, cause you're also doing, you know, while you're building the team for what it's going to be this year being the one that just finished, 
you're advanced scouting for this upcoming offseason. You know you're going to have all this money coming. You don't know where your pick's going to be. Luckily, it turned into the number one pick in the NFL. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It's a miracle. It was, it was yeah. the greatest thing Lovey Smith has done for us since he got us to a Super Bowl. I mean, thank you, Lovey. But <laughs> he might have gotten us to another one. I don't know. I, you never know. And I'll build him a statue. I'll make it out of brick. But Ian Cunningham <laughs> and Ryan Poles, now they've had a whole year to see what their team is, see what the needs are. And now they're scouted the hell. They're working with their scouts. And now they can attack free agency in the draft with all of that behind these 12 months of them behind them. And that's a much more, you know, um, that's a much better focus and understanding for what they're trying to do. And as you mentioned, Ian Cunningham coming from the Eagles, they've traded back twice. And uh, most specifically from, they traded back from five to nine with the saints. Correct. Cause yeah. my buddy had to like, correct me on this. Cause I kind of had my years confused, but one year they, they had Jalen Hurts sit the final game, you know, at yeah. halftime, they let their division rival into the playoffs. There were some people upset about that. Well, <laughs> the, then they get the number five pick instead of the number nine. And then they trade out of that number five pick. With the Saints, I believe, or one of these trade backs, and they've ended up with future first round picks from the Saints. They have a future first round pick from the Saints, the Saints coming yeah. up this year while they're fighting for a Super Bowl. That's a well run organization. And Ian Cunningham was a part of those decision making process. So now he gets to be in a room with Ryan Poles, who's got a lot on his shoulders, a lot of pressure to, to come through in the clutch. Well, Ian's sitting here like, hey, I this is how I built it in Philly. You know how you built it in Kansas City. They're putting their minds together. That's a powerful thing. I mean, are they going to get it? Does that guarantee they're going to get it right? No. But at the same time, to have both those guys in the room together, it helps and it ups your chances of them making the right decision. If he's not there, uh, you know, that then it, then it puts more pressure on Ryan Poles to do a lot of it on his own. So I'm very happy, selfishly, that he's going to be here for another year. Obviously he's eventually going to get a GM job. One would assume. So yeah. keep him here for one year, one more year, continue to build this foundation up and, and then, then go off and, and do your thing for somebody else. I'm hoping, I mean, I've, I've told so many people this and, you know, on the podcast specifically, if anybody's, you know, really paying attention, um, I hype this team up so much when in reality, <laughs> Like I'm not I'm not hoping for a Super Bowl contender next year. And really all that I want is for them to be at least watchable. Let me have a good team. I don't want like it doesn't have to be great, doesn't have to be perfect. Give me just a good team. And you make me want to run through a wall just because <laughs> I didn't put that those two pieces together with how Ian Cunningham did in Philly as yeah. well as Ryan Poles in Kansas City. Oh, this, this sounds great. Ryan, um, was it was it the beginning of the year that you said in three years you guys were going to be Super Bowl contenders? I said there, I said there, I said three to four years, and I said it would be like their window. I say that would be an accurate window for it. Okay. I'll stand by it. I think that I think that they could be potentially contenders for it. And that was more so, and, and I I'll correct it now. Like I yeah. want to say that they will be contenders within the next couple of years for sure. I think that they will be, and and I, we'll see. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm just being a very optimistic person, as I always am. Right. And but, for clarity, um, 
because this is where I always mess it up. They flipped the 15th pick to the Saints last this year was the for their draft, yeah. right for their future first yep. round pick. The year they missed the playoffs was week 17 two years ago mm-hmm. and they pulled Washington they pulled their starters versus let Washington into the playoffs and then they had the, that which gave them the sixth pick and they traded mm, that to Miami for the 12th pick in Miami's 2022 first round pick mm-hmm. so that's yep. the wheeling and dealing Ian's already been part of Love it. and that's the Bears have to trade back like yeah. I'm going to be very dis I mean Will Anderson's a great consolation prize and that's why being number 1 is such an advantage because Will Anderson is your worst case scenario but it is a <laughs> worst case scenario like that's yeah. great cuz he's a star but it's only one dude yeah. and they need a lot of dudes and if they can't <laughs> at the very least trade back from 1 to 2 which will still get you Will Anderson then they've failed as poker players you're yep. playing poker here with mm-hmm. these other teams. Ryan Pace was had a terrible poker face and would give up draft so picks mad. to move up one spot for Mitch or move up for Anthony Miller or move up for these uh, guys that didn't work out. Poles, I'm hoping, has a better poker face. And he convinces the Texans, look, you got to move up to one so you can ensure who you want and you can get your quarterback with no fear. We're not going to, we're not going to, you know, you know, take you for all your money, but you got to give us a fair offer. We'll let you up to one. Then we sit at two. They take the quarterback. We still get Will Anderson. That's a, that's a, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it best case scenario because there's a million other scenarios where they can trade back and get three first round picks. That's, that's like the dream. But at the same time, if you want to talk about a very solid scenario, it's at the very least trading back from one to two, adding maybe a second round pick from the Texans and then still drafting Will Anderson. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because me and Ryan were actually having a conversation about that today, uh, but we have we have a segment that we'll get to that for sure. So um, I'm just going to breeze through the rest. Um, Buccaneers have fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, um, which Ben, I'm sure we'll get to in a future episode. Um, the Chargers have fired offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi and quarterback coach Shane Day. Um, the Browns makes it out of there. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) else gets fired, but Staley and Staley's the one that (laughs) lost that. That's, I mean, okay, you're going to stick with him, but he's the reason you didn't advance against the Jags. Yeah. The Browns have hired Jim Schwartz as their new defensive coordinator. Uh, they needed a new DC. That was terrible. Uh, the Seahawks, (laughs) the Seahawks, Jim was, uh, Doug Peterson's DC. So, the Seahawks have extended kicker Jason Myers to a four-year, $21 million extension. And then DeMar Hamlin is back with the Buffalo Bills. However, him playing is very far-fetched, but yeah. he's back with them, so that's good. Um, we're going to go ahead and skip overreactions due to time. Um, due, but... to th- due to Greg talking too much, you can say <laughs> More so, we have we have a lot of more interesting topics to talk about with you later on. Yes. So that's, yes. Yeah. Um, as far as upset alert, I I just want to breeze through these. I don't really think that it's necessary just yet to yeah. back them up. Yeah. Um, Jags and Chiefs, Giants and Eagles, and Bengals and Bills. And I'm saying Bengals and Bills would be an upset because the Bills are at home, and mm-hmm. them losing to the Bengals at home would be terrible. Um, ben, do you have any for the week? I, I, honestly, if if any of the favorites lose this week. 
I would put my money on the Cowboys. So, okay. The Cowboy, yeah. the Cowboys winning, uh, the Niners losing. If any of the favorites lose, I think it's going to be the Niners this week. So, Braggs, any input on upsets potentially this week? Not saying that they're going to happen, but there's plenty of room for them. I hate to, to do this to Ben and my good friend Nick, but <laughs> I think the Eagles are definitely the team that's in trouble right now. You know, okay. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I mean, ends the year banged up. You know, they're off a couple weeks here. The Giants win a big game over the Vikings. You know, it's they're playing with nothing to lose. You know, um, their quarterbacks tough to game plan against because he can get out of the pocket. I mean, like Justin Fields, but at the same time, he can break a defense down. So now you got to spy this this quarterback that I don't think anybody realized could be this good. So shout out to Brian Dable for turning that into something there in New York and good job too. Yeah, he really is. So, you know, now you got to spy that quarterback and that now that opens up things and Saquon Barkley is like back to what he he was. And that's the other reason why the offense is clicking like, well, hell just hand it to this Superman and he's freaking (laughs) doing crazy things. I mean, we saw it against the bears where he's like dead to rights, 10 yards in the backfield and reverses field and scores a touchdown. So I think, you know, the Giants playing it. Division rivals are always – I mean, so this is the third time they're playing. I'm assuming the Eagles beat them twice, yep. right? What is the old moniker? They, uh, It's hard to beat a team three times, you know, so that they've got that going against them. They've already beat them twice. Eagles are banged up. Eagles haven't played in two weeks. Giants are coming in hot. Giants are playing with nothing to lose. And I'm a storyline guy. Less than yeah. – I can't give you the numbers of why it's going to happen – but just the feeling and the momentum and things like that. That's where I look for when it comes to an upset alert. And, uh, yeah. and I think that the Eagles are on notice this week. So that'll bring us into our next segment, which is pigskin pick them. Um, so with this, um, we'll make our, our predictions for the games for the week. And then I will tweet them out via our Twitter account um, at the pigskin pod um to kind of keep people informed with what's going on and everything um so we had a guest on last week coach tyler our uh our old high school coach came on um him and i we tied at five and one for the week ben you got four and two um just got to rub that in just a little bit for you but um without further ado let's go ahead and start it off uh brags you can go ahead and start off with jaguars and chiefs yeah, I was four and two last week, but you know I blame the damn Chargers for that one. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> you guys killing me. Um, but anybody that picked the Bucks, I'm laughing at because they played terrible all year. That, watching them was like pulling teeth during the season. So like I know everybody's like, oh, it's Tom Brady, but the writing was kind of on the wall that they they didn't have much of a shot that. in that game. So come on. Um, I got. <laughs> All respect to Ben if you picked the Bucks. I did, yeah. I, well, I, the, the, the Cowboys well, hatred got – it was dumb. I let it over – we knew the Bucks played bad. Everybody's a sca- scared I of the let, big bad Brady. I get it. But if you yeah, watched yeah. them all year, even the games they won, yeah. it was like – you know, I said terrible. the games they pulled out was more like pulling teeth. That was like yep. like watching the Bucks this year. So, whatever. We're past it. I got some games wrong too. So, um, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, we got – Jags, I mean, Chiefs. I got the Chiefs over the Jags. 
and somebody's going to make fun of me, my buddy Eric, because he thinks all I take is favorites, but I can't help myself. I got Chiefs over the Jags. <sighs> I mean, I've been talking all this shit about the Giants. Should I just take them? I mean, I don't, you know, no, I'm not going to take them. I'm going to take, because I had the Vikings, you know, advancing. I'm not sure if it would have shaken out like matchup wise. Mm. Yeah, the Vikings would have played the Niners. So yeah. my matchups, like when the bracket started, are totally different than what my predictions are. So I didn't have the Giants and Eagles playing each other this round. So, you know, just for fun here and all the shit I just talked about the Eagles, I'm gonna take the <laughs> I'm gonna take the Giants here on this show, just to try to stand with what I just said instead of going completely against everything I just said. Uh, so I'm gonna take the Giants in the upset. I got Chiefs, Giants, then I got the Bills. Uh, beating the Bengals, uh, and then I got Cowboys over 49ers because I got Cowboys in the Super Bowl. All right. Ben, let's go ahead and hear yours. Uh, yeah, I already talked about it. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I don't. I, I think it might be close to what people think, but I, I, there's no way Patrick Mahomes lets this game get away from him. Um, but it's a conversation I had with you earlier today. I, I don't even think this Eagles game is going to be close. I really don't. I think people tend to forget what happened – and what week was that? One, two, three, four, five. week ten when the Eagles strolled into MetLife, they won forty-eight to twenty-two. It was a blowout. Mm. Gardner Minshew played the entire fourth quarter. Like people forget that, like is what happened. And I think as long as the Eagles can get up early and force force Daniel Jones to pass, I know he had an awesome passing game um, this past week, but he has ten games this season in the regular season where he didn't even go over two hundred passing yards. So this is more of an outlier than it is the rule. I think as long as the Eagles can force him to pass the football, I I don't think the Eagles are in trouble. I, I think the only way the Giants win this game is if they do what the Commanders did and they run the ball and control the clock, uh, but they can't do that if the Eagles get up early. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the Eagles played a very simplified version of their offense uh, when they played the um, Giants at the end of the season. Uh, Jalen Hurts was hurt, but he's a, he's a full go now. He wasn't even on the injury report. Um, I'm not worried about it at all. I think the Eagles are going to wipe the floor with the Giants, and that might come back and absolutely bite me in the butt. Um, but I, I really don't think it's going to be close. And then in terms of the Bills Bengals, and Bengals, Bills. honestly, I think this is going to be the hardest game to pick. Because um, let's be honest, if Lamar played the Bengals – might have lost. There was a higher chance of them losing. And if Tua played, the Bills probably would have lost as well. So yeah. both of these teams didn't look very good in like week one of the playoffs. Um, that being said, I think both these teams understand who they're playing. And I think this mm -hmm. is going to be drastically different um, than they were week one. And I think this game is going to be close, but it's going to be close because they both play very, very good. Um, the end of the day, um, I'm going to go with the better quarterback. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals. That might be hot. Wow. I like Joey B. Yep, I like Joey B. I think I think he's played better this season outside of week one than what Josh Allen has played this season. Um, and the stats will back me up on that. Um, and then that being said, I think the Niners are barely going to beat the Cowboys, but I wouldn't at all be surprised if the Cowboys end up winning. So for mine, I'm going to go with the Chiefs against the Jaguars just because I feel like it's a safer pick. Um, but I'm rooting for the Jaguars. And I, yes. I talked to you about this off of the podcast. Um, because my Bears suck right now, um, I get one – to me, I get one 
bandwagon team ticket for the playoffs just so I have somebody to root for, and that team is the Jaguars this year. They're the under underdog. Um, so I'm going with the Chiefs, though. Unfortunately, the ride's going to stop there. I'm going with the Eagles against the Giants. Um, you're not beating the Eagles at Lincoln Financial. You're not. Um, but if the Giants do beat the Eagles, I'm willing to say Braggs is a genius. Um, and then <laughs> – Bengals and Bills. I'm going with Bills on this one, and then uh, I'm taking the Niners over the Cowboys. So, yep. and then, like I said, over the week, um, I'm going to be constantly updating and everything, tagging you guys in it as well, so you guys can stay updated. Um, but and you know, of of course, you're picking the Jags to go with. You're picking a team that actually selected a good quarterback in the 2021 draft. Hey, all right, that's a low blow. All right, not <laughs> get, him get him out of here, Ryan. <laughs> So, all right. So that leads us to our next segment, which is strictly um, just asking you a bunch of questions, um, really about, I mean, more Bears questions, really. Um, college so, corner, Ryan? Let's do that afterwards. Let's do okay, college that works afterwards. Too. Yeah. Um, so I have, okay. So you, you talked about the Kevin Warren sign, uh, hiring over, you know, the course of your show and everything. Um, I want your take on it, and I know you've already provided and everything. If anybody's still listening, listen to that uh, CHGO podcast as well, um, just because they do a fantastic job. That's a great show. Um, they go really more in depth than we'll probably go to in this one, just because we got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, but as far as your overview and just general feelings as a fan, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited just because it's just a changing of a guard, the guard with this franchise. Um, you know, obviously the introductory day was a big day for us at CHGO. Adam Hogue got an exclusive interview with him after awesome. the press conference. He did a really fantastic job with his coverage. I'm in the mud laying brick, trudging around laying brick while these guys are running around with the president. So, you know, <laughs> I didn't really get to really dig my feet into this other than a little bit of what I talked about today on our afternoon show. But I, yeah, it's, it's exciting. You know, um, the bears have just, they call them a mom and pop shop for a reason. And it's because they've constantly brought people, they've upgraded people in-house. Ted Phillips was an in-house guy that they moved up to president. He's a guy that, an accountant, you know, that, you know, helped with the renovation of the stadium and him and Ted, George McCaskey and Ted Phillips were best buddies, you know, till the end, you know, that's not how a business should be, you know, best buddies. Yeah. It's good to have good working relationship, but you know, the best buddy stuff can only get you so far. Right. And they just rarely bring in people that are outside of the organization, you know, uh, Kevin Warren has a reputation for being very diligent, maybe even ruffling feathers at times as far as how he approaches, you know, a work environment. Uh, he made the statement, you know, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's something George McCaskey has never been great at, at being uncomfortable. He's, it just always felt like they're very comfortable at Hallis Hall, even with the failures of a franchise that, hasn't won a playoff game since 2011 or whatever the had 2010 and you know hasn't been in the Super Bowl since 2006 hasn't won a Super Bowl since 1985 you know and nobody's getting fired around there you know mm -hmm. as far as it starts at the top as my guy Mark Silverman would say Sylvie you know and so now they bring in this guy 
who has a pedigree from working with NFL teams, the Rams and the Vikings and, and the commissioner of the Big Ten during one of its most tumultuous times to be a commissioner of a conference during COVID where you're making tough decisions and you got Justin Fields even pushing back on him. Like I want to play. And these are the decisions he had to weigh as a, as a boss. Yeah. And I don't know. Ted Phillips never has striked me as a guy that handled those decision decisions. Well, as a boss, this guy is a boss and that's what they need. They need a boss. They don't need, you know, George McCaskey famously said, well, I'm just a fan. Okay, that's fine. I'm just a fan too. But you are the owner of an organization that we want to be successful. So, you know, as much as he's a fan, he needs a, he needed to be a boss. So he hired a boss. Great. He better give him all the reins to run this organization properly. He's yeah. also, obviously, it's been well documented how much of an input he had on the Vikings stadium. And mm-hmm. that's one of the, by all accounts of anyone that's gone to the stadium, one of the nicest of the newer stadiums out there. And if you just look at the stadium, if you, even if you've never been there and you just see it on TV or if you Google pictures of the stadium, it looks like a Viking ship. It it's literally so cool. It, yeah, it's so cool. And it yeah. looks like a Viking ship. And they are the Vikings. It represents yeah. them as you just look at it. That's what I want <laughs> our stadium. When, when they go to Arlington Heights, and you can feel one way or another about that, but they're going there. Yeah. When they do, when I walk in there, I want to feel it. I want to feel, I don't just want to, you know, obviously the stadium's going to be cool just because it's new, but yeah. I want it to, you know, or, or it's going to be awesome just because it's new, but I want it to be cool. Like you yeah. said, I want to look at this and be like, this is so damn cool. And I want <laughs> it to feel like it's a, a bear bear stadium, like, yeah, yeah. just like the Viking stadium, you know? So I think he's an attention to detail type that's going to bring that. And I do have, you know, as much as I, I push on George McCaskey because I've never been the biggest fan overall. Uh, I know some people like him because he walks through the, the parking lots at Soldier Field and, and you see pictures go viral you know of him. He, I, I really don't mean to cut you off. Did you no, know that he like, okay, so at training camp, I don't know if you've seen him on a scooter, but he rides <laughs> yeah, yeah. a scooter yeah, around yeah. Alice Hall. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a goofy guy. I mean, when he picked up Brian Poles, he's – He's in a, a Bears jacket with Bears, you know, the, the Bears Nike shoes. And, like, that's like how I would dress. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, you know, Love he's an owner of a multi-million, maybe a billion-dollar organization. Yeah. And he's a, just a fan, you know, and <laughs> that's great. I, you know, I always want – I wanted kind of a little more from him, uh, you know, specifically Super Bowl championships, which I know aren't completely cool. in his control, but certainly part of his part of what he's supposed to be doing here. And yeah. I know he wants one. I just don't know if he ever knew how to get one. Yeah. But at the same time, I got to give him credit because I think the Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy situation humbled him because I think they walked around after 2018. If you went to Bears 100, as a celebration they put on in the offseason for the 100th year anniversary of the Bears. The organization was walking around that convention center like they were gods. Like they had figured everything out, 2018 club dub, exciting team, and they thought they were going to win a Super Bowl with that group. And then it all fell off. The wheels completely fell off the wagon. Mitch Trubisky gets exposed as a flawed quarterback. Matt Nagy then, after Mitch Trubisky, gets exposed as a flawed head coach. The team is gets exposed for being flawed and undisciplined. 
And then the worst part about it was George dug his heels in. He didn't fire everyone when he should have. And then he should have drafted Jalen Hurts, who Ben now has. Thank you. I said his team. <laughs> and a lot of Bears fans yeah. were, but guess who wasn't saying it? The Bears. Because they were so dug in on, we got to hold on to Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace because we were just so close like a two years ago. What do you mean we got to fire everyone? Well, the writing was on the wall. And a yeah. cutthroat businessman, a cutthroat boss, is going to cut the head of the snake off when you need to. And yeah. mom and pop shops, they have their relationships. And I went, well, Matt's such a nice guy. I'm going to give him one more chance. And then he almost got Justin Fields killed the next year. So, you know, it's <laughs> like it, they should have fired him. You know, yeah. they could have fired him after 2019. They yeah. definitely should have fired him after 2020, both of them. Mm-hmm. And so – I think he hum- I think that humbled George McCaskey quite a bit because uh you know I think he really believed and then it all fell apart and um you know during the collaborate the famous collaboration press conference where they just sat- saying it over and over to justify why they were keeping everybody Mark Mark Potash I mean, they call him Potsy uh you know famously asked you know George McCaskey you know what is the hierarchy structure of this team? Like who answers, who does the head coach answer to? And he goes, well, the head coach answers to me. And he was like, how are you qualified to evaluate whether or not a head coach is doing his job properly? And he goes, well, and this is where he said it. I'm just a fan. And so he kind of got caught with his, with his tongue out. Cause it was like, well, if you're just a fan, how can you evaluate the head coach? I and remember then, listening to that live being like, what do you mean you're just a fan? Was going, <laughs> like, I mean, it's just so stupid. And then and then the checkmate was, well, who do you re- who evaluates you? And yeah. who do you report to, George? And he goes, Well, the board of directors. I report to the board of directors. Well, if you Google search Chicago Bears board of directors, his mom is on the board of directors. So <laughs> the, the person that's supposed to hold him accountable is his mom. If my mom was the one to like whether decide whether or not I should be fired, I'm keeping my job my whole life. You know yep. what I mean? This is a mom and pop shop. So there's two things where they turn the corner. One hiring Ryan Poles, who obviously walked into that office and said, I want this job, but George, we got to rip it to the studs. We got to trade Khalil Mack. We got to trade Robert Quinn. We're not going to give in to signing, you know, long, you know, big contracts to Roquan Smith. We'll give him a good deal because they did offer him. People think they didn't offer Roquan. They did offer Roquan. They just weren't going to give him the most money of any outside linebacker. So they – they're like, we're going to handle our money smart. We're going to get this cap salary cap situation figured out. We're going to get rid of the big contracts and we're going to push towards next season and rebuild. And as a bricklayer, everybody knows I lay the bricks to me, a proper rebuild. Isn't when, a, when somebody calls me and says, Hey, can you come patchwork this fireplace? Four years from now, I will be right back at that fireplace again doing the exact same patchwork because that's not how you properly fix something. And if you rip, if they call me and say, hey, can you rip this fireplace apart and rebuild me a new one? They never hear from me again because they don't need, they've rebuilt the the fireplace properly instead of trying to patchwork it. And the same sense can be applied to how you build a business or a football team. 
It's simplistic, but that's how it makes sense to me. And that's what Ryan Poles did. And that's something George McCaskey has never been good at. He didn't hire, he didn't want to hire Bruce Harians over Mark Tressman because Mark, because Bruce Arians wanted to get rid of Jay Cutler. So they said, mm-hmm. nope, we, you, you can't coach here. Cause if you want to get rid of Jay, that's not going to work. We're paying Jay. Well, they should have hired Bruce Arians and got rid of Jay and bit the bullet <laughs> yes. on the money. So those are the little kind of decisions George has never been good at as, as far as being cutthroat. So he mm-hmm. hired somebody that was cutthroat in Ryan Poles. Then fast forward a year later, they bring in a president that is from outside the organization, a boss, a serious guy, a professional in the room. And that's also something George has never been good at. It wouldn't have surprised me. I joked on the CHGO podcast today. If they had hired Tony Medlin, the equipment manager from the last 40 years (laughs) to be the new president of the bears, just because he's been there the longest, like that's the kind of guy George is. He wants to take care of his buddies. So instead he hires a pro a pros pro in Kevin Warren, you know, and the resume speaks for itself. So for me, I think George McCaskey has turned a corner as far as his philosophy and how this organization structure should be. And he deserves the credit for that. And I'm giving it to him right now. That's yeah. awesome. You, uh, you, you touched on like rebuilding and it's a conversation me and Ryan have every podcast darn near every day. Um, I'm a big draft dude. Like that's my thing when it comes to football. Um, I got two questions for you. What, in, in your opinion, obviously you touched a little bit on moving back to number two, but what is your dream scenario with the bears to do uh, in terms of trading back? And then what are some players um, maybe outside like that top 10 uh, that you like as well? Because I touched, um, I do like mock drafts every day and um, I don't know how Ryan felt about it, but I had, um, I had a fun one. I had a spicy take with the, uh, the jets trading up from 13. Um, and I mean, they sent a haul over there, obviously, right. but uh, which is kind of quite a bit. Ends up trading up yeah. It would take that. quite a bit for you yeah. to move up from 13 to one, like yep. three first round picks quite a yeah. bit type. Yep. So that's that's what's (laughs) fun about where the bears are at. They're in an amazing position. If a team panics like that, you're, you got to take that deal as much as it would hurt to not draft Will Anderson. If somebody like that jumps in like that, you got to take it because it's going to set your franchise up for the long term. We all want to get Justin Fields help as fast as we can. And that includes the defense being better. That's going to also help Justin Fields. But at the same time, if somebody's offering you something that's going to set your franchise up for years to come, where you now have two first round picks for the next three years, something crazy like that, you got to do it no matter what, as much as it would hurt to watch Will Anderson become the next Von Miller, you got to do it. But my best case, my dream scenarios are that the bears trade back twice and there's a few different ways they can do that. But it has to start from one to two. They have to trade back from one to two before the draft is even here. Like oh, like the Eagles, when they traded back yeah. um, from 15 or whatever to get an extra, they did it a week before the draft. It wasn't on draft day. And that's what the Bears need to be doing. They need to be squeezing the Texans from here until there's a week or two left before the draft and get – moved back from one to two. So now you're sitting at two, you have the extra pick. It's probably going to be the, the the second round pick from the Texans. So now you've gotten back that it's going to be at like 33, right. Or whatever it is. 
And now you've gotten back that second round pick that you lost with Chase Claypool. So that's that helps you out. You're now you're in a head start. Now you're sitting at two, and now you're giving everyone the highest bidder for CJ Stroud. Uh, and to me, you can start leveraging all those other teams outside of the Texans that need a quarterback. And so the, the one scenario could be two to four with the Colts. Let the Colts move up to two, have them give you a couple picks to move up to two. Now you're sitting at four with picks from the Texans and Colts, and you can still draft Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. It would likely be Jalen Carter, depending on what the Cardinals do at three, but you're going to get one or the other. If the Cardinals trade out of three because somebody wants Will Levis, now you get Will Anderson anyway at four. That's a dream scenario. If the Bears trade trade from one to two back and then trade from two to nine, with the Carolina Panthers, obviously that's going to get you more picks than four where the Panthers might give you a two first round picks or something like that. Two first round, two second round. I don't know. Just throwing shit out there. Cause I don't, you know, necessarily know what it will be, but it's yeah. going to be something good. You got to do it because again, yeah. it's going to set you up for your future. The double trade back is the dream scenario, whether it's from one to two to two to four or one to two to two to nine or one to two to two to 13, like Ben's throwing out there with the Jets, which is an interesting wrinkle to put in there. And then your second question to that part of it is who am I looking at in that mid-tier first round if that's the scenario that unfolds and the Bears are sitting there with one of those picks? I want Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. I think he is the best wide receiver of the three between him, Jordan Anderson, and Quinton uh, Johnston. And I think getting Justin Fields his guy, similar to when Joe Burrow got his guy with Jamar Chase, if JSN had never gotten hurt at Ohio State, he'd be a top 10 pick for sure. Nobody would be even arguing this. And I think people are forgetting how talented of a wide receiver he is. And I guess we'll find out when the combine comes through and these evaluations get a little more in depth. I'm not going to act like I'm the most, the biggest expert when it comes to this stuff. But at the same time, I know he's extremely talented. I've watched plenty of Ohio State games, and he's also Justin Fields' guy. So you add him to this wide receiver room with Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Now you've pushed Valus Jones down to the four or five slot. Now you've got a wide receiver room worthwhile. And now you have a wide receiver on a rookie contract because, oh, by the way, you look at free agency with wide receivers, there's none there. Why is that? Because these dudes are getting paid big (laughs) money. So you want wide receivers on a rookie deal, whether it be for four years or five years, if you draft one in the first round, because you don't have to pay that guy. And Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney are both on the last year of their contract entering this year, unless they get a contract extension in the off season, which because Darnell Mooney might have, but then he got hurt. So Mm -hmm. it's unlikely they're going to give him a contract extension. And then same with uh, Chase Claypool. He didn't prove enough to get a contract. So now you got two guys that are talented, but are you going to pay both of them? So it would really help them if they could get a rookie wide receiver in here that's talented that you don't have to pay for four or five years and is ready to help right away. Because Justin Fields freaking deserves it after this last year. We got a lot of needs. Defensive line, offensive line. I want them to address that stuff. There is this thing called free agency where they can do that. But Mm -hmm. I want a wide receiver in here because Justin Fields throwing to Dante Pettis 
and St. Brown dropping <laughs> balls and, and freaking uh, Bayless, who bounced back yep. at the end of the year. But these guys are dropping. He, he's running for his life. And then the, the few times he actually can put it on a guy, they drop it. Like, no, yep. we need to get him all the help he deserves because he just got his face kicked in for 16 games. Yeah. And let's get him the weapons he deserves. Yes, offensive line is obviously first and foremost, but I think that's something that they can pay for in yeah. free agency. And then you guys might know this better than I, but there's good centers in this draft. We've seen good centers come out the last couple of years that Kansas City Chiefs drafted one from Oklahoma in the second round. Well, if there's some kind of center in the second round at 53, the Ravens pick, take that center. So I'm not like people act like I'm like ignoring the, of course we need an offensive line, but you know, if to answer your question, who in that, I like skill, I like skill position and uh, JSN, you know, the wide receiver one, that would be so cool if the bears could add that to their arsenal. I just don't know how it's going to work with the trade trade back scenarios. It may, it, it may very well end up being Will Anderson, but we'll just have to wait and see. Let yeah. me let me put you on to this one guy as well, uh, just in case we don't get Jackson Smith Najigba. Okay, um, but in that scenario, we do get Houston's second round pick, which, like you said, is at number thirty three. There's a prospect that I really like um, out of SMU. She rice. Okay. She rice. Have you have you done any research on him just yet? No, I mean um, I'm familiar with him. Uh, vaguely, um, you know, I compare him to Chris Godwin. Okay. And I like, I'm a big Chris Godwin fan. He's a tough, tough wide receiver. Um, who I also think could be potential trade, um, potential with Chris Godwin. Uh, but Mm -hmm. not too familiar with Rasheed Rice. Uh, have seen him play, but not Mm -hmm. enough to make like some grandiose, um, projection on him. What my next question was going to be. If Tom Brady decides to retire, what's stopping Tampa Bay from blowing it up, trading away Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the process? And what do you think it would take for the Bears to just trade for him? Nothing at least is one stopping them. them from blowing it up if Tom Brady leaves. That's what they should do. They want a Super Bowl, cut bait, blow it up, and rebuild for your next Super Bowl. Uh, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin should be on the table. I like both wide receivers. If I had to pick between the two, as much as I really like Chris Godwin, he won. He helped me win a fantasy championship last year. Um, he does have trouble staying healthy at times. Who doesn't in one of the most brutal sports there is with the National Football League? So, you know, injuries are a part of it. But at the same time, he does get injured quite a bit. He's taken a lot of beatings in this league. Mike Evans is more of that true number one. And that's kind of my question. If they're going to – if they're going to bring in a wide receiver one through trade, like we've seen with AJ Brown with Ben's Eagles or, um, you know, uh, the bills brought in Steph Diggs. I can't remember if that was in through trade or free agency, but just regardless, uh, a, a, a wide receiver one coming here, you know, like when you look at Mike Evans, is it going to, I don't think it would cost a first round pick, you know? No. Uh, you know, I think the one wide receiver that it would cost a first round pick is T Higgins. If the Bengals like, are looking towards the future and are like, okay, we can get rid of T now, get a first round pick because we're not going to pay him. Yeah. But I'd be hesitant to give up my first round pick yeah. for a wide receiver like that. Right. Like I'd, I'd almost rather get the Mike Evans or the Chris Godwin or the DeAndre Hopkins if that means mm-hmm. all I got to give up is like two third round picks. 
something like that. I, I, I'm right. not exact. I'm not great at knowing what the, the fair evaluation of tr- trade compensation would be for one of those guys. But yeah, I've got my eyes dead set on you better bring in one more wide receiver. So both those guys are, I think, great candidates. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is a great candidate. You know, people have thrown out all these other different names and I'm all for literally anyone not named Dante freaking Pettis. So, you know, <laughs> that's kind of where I stand with it. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is also a very good candidate when it comes to this conversation. So next up is is probably one of the, the headlines that's making me the most upset. Um, is there any reason to entertain a Fields trade this early in his career? And how did you react to sports media making it such a big headline? Say that one more time because I was reading Aiden Colson. Oh, yeah, our buddy Aiden. Let's yeah. let's address might. that really quick. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Aiden, I have ADHD, so, so no, you're good. trying to read a question and listen to a question is literally That's impossible for me. Hey, Ryan, I think we should address both. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, Aiden's a Packers fan. Just want to point that out yeah. to you. Well, nobody's perfect, Aiden. <laughs> so he says, just cannot see Houston trading up to one. It would be an organizational uh-huh. failure. Sorry. I know you're clicking at it too. Uh, it would be an organizational failure to miss the tank and then no. give up multiple assets to get to one. Well, I mean, it's um, not it, their, it's, it, it, hey, it, they're a dumb yeah. organization. That's yes. one. Did you see what they gave up for DeAndre Hopkins when they traded him? They, they traded him for a bag of potato chips. So that was, yeah. they're not a smart organization for one. So, you know, yeah, they are an organizational failure and that no matter what they do in the draft, that still holds serve. And two, yeah, I mean, they, like it, it is in their best interest to move up to one. Yes. Now they're not going to just give up the farm to move up to one, but if the bears are fair with them, and let them move up to one, then they have nothing to worry about when it comes to their division rivals, the Colts jumping them. Some people are like, well, they could just stay at two and take either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Why not just move up to one, and now you can get the guy you absolutely want, and you don't have to worry about these other variables of settling for one or the other. You can control Mm -hmm. your own destiny in that way. So it does make a lot of sense, especially if the Bears don't try to squeeze them and ask for too much. And that's the poker that Ryan Poles has to play. But he, to me, it's a no-brainer for both sides. The yeah. Texans, it would be it would be in their best interest because then they don't have to worry about the other variables. And for the Bears, it's no risk. So just make a fair deal and get it done. And yeah, they're an inept, you know, uh, franchise. So you know, that's that's kind of on them. They 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 should have fired. They fired Lovey Smith two hours after Lovey ruined their tank. So yeah. if they if they had just fired him before the week had started, they lose the game, and they're the number one pick. So yeah. they are an organizational failure. <laughs> that's Lovey literally put two birds up yep. on them. To win that game, that's their own damn. Go ball. Bears, he said. Yeah, hell yeah, he did. Yeah. At Lucas Oil Stadium too, Ben. By the way, yeah. How, how yeah. funny is that? Um, we okay. So just a little backstory for you, okay? Um, ben and I we went to the scouting combine, okay. um, and so I met um, uh, what's his name, Mike, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy right outside the stadium. Super cool guy. Unfortunately, I told him he needed to be a jerk to me uh, just to make my childhood match up. Um, but yeah, he was super cool and everything. So the next time that I was up there, 
Um, I, I was really, really adamant on trying to meet Lovey Smith uh, just because of how <laughs> much of a hero he was. So I was like, Lovey, just making a joke out of it. There's no way he would have come out or let alone hear me or anything. So it's it's a well-known kind of inside joke mm-hmm. on the podcast for me to just be like, Lovey. So when something <laughs> you know happened like that, um, and, and it lines up perfectly that I just realized that he got the Bears the number one overall pick at Lucas Oil Stadium. So yeah. that just keeps the line. But um, speaking of indie natives as well, Aiden brought up a good fact of uh, the Pat McAfee show on it's Tuesday um, saying that Aaron Rodgers said he loves sleeping with his blue and white pillow at night. Rodgers to Indy. You'd like that, wouldn't you, Aiden? Well, um, Jim Irsey's a crazy guy, but let's be honest. He has to be tired of having these old quarterbacks play. I, again, as soon as Luck left, he, he had Phillip for a little bit. <laughs> then he has Matt, who obviously didn't turn out well. I would love Let's to see be that honest, after this contract is over, he's probably gone. And we saw what 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 Aaron looked like at the start of the season. Jim Irsay would be a crazy man to do it. It would be it would be dumb at this point. They're more than a quarterback away. So it's it would would not be worth it. Yeah, so, I don't see that being a possibility. I mean, I think Rogers also is a candidate for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Although it's more of an outside thing than Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady makes more sense for him. But Rodgers also was a fan of the 49ers growing up. I'm It'd sure be the he... one time the Bears make the playoffs that they play the 49ers led by Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know, and it could it could happen technically with it's the same sense with Brady, mm-hmm. uh, because they're loaded and those two quarterbacks could just just slot right in and take them to a Super Bowl, and they probably would. Um you know, I could also see Rodgers teaming up with his boy Devontae Adams and, yep. and get, go gambling in Vegas, uh, although it just doesn't feel right for him to play in Vegas. But my my bold prediction, and I've been saying this throughout the season with CHGO, some of our After Dark shows with Carm, uh, Carmi, uh, Carmen Vitale, we call her Carmi V. She mm. covers uh, the NFC North for Fox Sports, and she does work with us at CHGO. Uh, with CHGO Bears. And so she's in the locker rooms at Green Bay in Minnesota and Detroit and Chicago. And so she's been around Green Bay a lot, and I've been pressing her all season. I think Aaron Rodgers is retiring. Yeah, and oh. nobody will believe me when I say this, and maybe it won't happen. That's fine. I'll be wrong. So, you know, this is just an easy risk for me because <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm just the idiot everyone always knows. And if I'm right, then I'll tell everyone on Twitter how much of a genius I am. So it's really a win-win <laughs> for me. But I do believe it. I'm not just yeah. saying it for clicks. Yeah. I do believe he's going to retire. I have listened. If you listen to him on Pat McAfee, if you listen to him in certain podcasts, uh, kind of outside of the sports realm. I listened to him on a Bill Mars podcast called club random where he just, you know, Bill Mars known for political stuff, but on, in his podcast, they just talk about anything and he had Aaron Rodgers on. So I listened to it and I thought I was going to hate it. Cause I hate, I don't like Aaron Rodgers like in general, but the conversation was interesting enough to hold my, you know, intrigue for the whole thing. But the biggest takeaway I had from this podcast, cause they talked about life they talked about a lot of stuff outside of football. They did talk about football, uh, you know, you know, throughout the segment, but a lot of it was just about life. And I just look at Aaron Rodgers and I hear him and he just sounds like a guy that's done with the rat race. He's just, he is, he has this spiritual awakening about him. He reminds me of a, 
of a high school kid that's taken mushrooms for the first time ever. Like you ever meet that kid that, you know, when he took mushrooms for the first time and he acts like he's like a Buddhist, you know? Yeah. And that, and like for him, like, think about it. He's played football his whole life. He's dedicated every second, every ounce of his energy to be this great football player. He's never had that moment. Like we might've had in high school or college to party and have fun and, and do these things and live free. He's always had this like structured, I got to practice. I got to do this. I can't screw up. I can't, uh, you know, get in trouble. I can't do yeah. any of these things. I can't do drugs. I can't do this. Now he's taking Hayazuka or whatever it's called. He has this <laughs> spiritual awakening. And I just look at here, a guy that just is, doesn't, and everybody's like, well, he's not going to give up $60 million. I don't think money drives this dude. He's got plenty of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money to leave on the table. And he's just the guy crazy enough to leave it on the table. He's already won a Super Bowl. So it's not like he's chasing some legacy thing that he's fallen short of. And every time he plays in cold weather, do you ever see a guy that looks more miserable the last two years? He looks absolutely miserable in these cold games against the lions. The final week of the season, he looked miserable out there and the 49ers game last year in the playoffs. He looked miserable. Like he's so skinny. Now he doesn't have that meat on his bones. Like he did early in his career. He's like I said, now he's this nutritional, you know, Buddha guy that's floating around on a cloud. And it, I just hear a guy that, I just think he's going to retire. That's my prediction is Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for anybody next year. He's going to be hosting Jeopardy 60 times a year next year. <laughs> and Love look Jordan Love looked good too when he came in too. So Yeah. Mm, whatever. whatever. Jordan Love sucks, Aiden. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> I love that. Uh, um, I'm going to combine two questions into one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I – I already asked, is there any any reason to even entertain the Fields trade um, this early in his career? How did you react to that? And then, um, let's see, just to back up that question, Chad Forbes uh, at NFL Draft Bites on Twitter said, the idea that Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback is comical. Extremely talented runner, but one of the worst passers we've seen in years. Genetic <laughs> playmaking isn't a skill you can live off of. Bears need to evaluate the quarterbacks and take Bryce Young first overall. What's yeah. your thoughts with everything? Well, I'm just lo- grateful that Chad Forbes isn't running my franchise. That's my takeaway <laughs> with that statement because anybody that's watched Justin, like Justin Fields became a running quarterback this year because he had to, he wasn't even yeah. running like he is this year, last year with Matt Nagy. He had that one nice run against uh, the 49ers. It was like a 20 yard you know, cool. in your opening in intro. Opening. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I've got a nice shot of that with, uh, my video just from the stands. Um, you were there. Yeah. And I'll That's give you guys so cool. that video and you can use that one for your intro. Cause it's a cooler angle, but um, <laughs> uh, it's a great shot and it's a great moment. And that's, I miss doing that for like, there were so many this year, but he didn't do that last year, this year, the first six weeks of the season, all the way until the Patriots game, they weren't, they, they were trying to run a conventional offense with a bad offensive line. As far as pass blocking is concerned. And no wide receivers besides Darnell Mooney that could get open. Yeah. And so then they switch up the play calling because they had to, to just try to move the football. And then all of a sudden, Eureka, we have this guy that can like do Lamar Jackson things, but almost better than Lamar yeah. Jackson because 
He's faster and he's bigger. He's stronger. I mean, he is. He, I mean, Lamar probably at his peak, his rookie year probably was maybe a tick faster. They're, they're like neck and neck. But if you compare Lamar this year to Justin, Justin's the fastest quarterback in the NFL this year. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's any discussion on that. And then I do believe he's stronger than, than Lamar Jackson. He's stronger. If we than have Michael the next ben. Lamar Jackson, I don't think either one of us is going to complain though. <laughs> Right, no. and, I do, and I think his potential to pass the ball is better than Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, me too. Why, I'm just saying. So many all people. Bears fans, okay, okay. Hold they on. stigmatize the whole. Yeah. No, okay, I understand you guys didn't have the offense this year, and you guys need a better offensive line and better wide receivers. But I said it to you on, like, the last episode of the episode before that. The year he won the MVP, he led the league in passing touchdowns. Like, I think people forget that. He was a Lamar great runner that year, and that's why he won. But he was also an amazing passer. That You're talking year about too. Lamar Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Lamar, Lamar's an awesome passer, and I think we forget because like the stigmatization of him being like this running QB. But yeah, but like I, I need to see Fields throw a little bit. Now it's the same thing with Fields. Like so, when they got on their yeah. heater uh, from the Patriots game, and then five games they played the Patriots, and the Cowboys, then the Dolphins, then the Lions, then the Falcons, and he got hurt at the end of the Falcons game. In that stretch. He had 16 touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah. Eight of them were passing, eight of them rushing, something like that. Or eight of them passing, seven of them rushing. I think it was maybe 15 and three. Yeah. Um, but the reason, like, so he had the, like, people would say, oh, he's just a running quarterback. Well, in that stretch, he threw touchdown passes. He yeah. two two touchdown passes a game, basically, uh, in most of them. And but part of the reason of that, and same with Lamar Jackson, is because he's running all over the place and they have to spy. So, yeah. like, when, when you talk about potential of of uh, as a passer, yeah, Lamar Jackson can hit an open man and get a touchdown pass on his, you know, numbers. And same can, so same can be said for Justin Fields. I'm talking about who has the better ability to just be a pocket passer. And yeah. I think Justin Fields is that because Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, Cam Newton to an extent, those guys were running quarterbacks in college and came into the league as running quarterbacks. Justin Fields came into the league as a pocket passer. He was and so good. His with the first deep ball. year, he was a pocket passer who yeah. was struggling as a rookie. He didn't become a running quarterback until this year against the Patriots. So this is a new revelation for Justin Fields. Lamar Jackson has always been a running quarterback. So I think they've kind of unlocked something that maybe they didn't realize he he's as good as he is at. Like they knew he's athletic, they knew he's fast and big, but I don't think they realized this guy could do Lamar Jackson things. You know, in that in that serious of a way. Yeah. So I think that's great. Now they go into next season saying he's got this in his back pocket. He can take off whenever he wants. He can break tackles in the backfield when the pocket breaks down and take off and get us a first down or even a touchdown out of nowhere. But their goal should be to get him back to being who he was coming into this league. And that's a pocket passer. And I don't know if Lamar Jackson could ever become just that. And I think Justin can, if they put the right things around him is, is where I, where I mean by that. Sure. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball hit a receiver, score the touchdown. But a lot of that is opened up because of the way they run their offense with him as a running quarterback. And I don't think the Bears have the intention to doing this again next year because 
Look how fast it it ran dry for Justin. Yeah. His legs got tired. Even before he hurt his shoulder, his legs were getting tired. So they yeah. can't depend. That's why I want them to get another wide receiver. Because people are like, oh, well, they scored 30 points a game. So let's just get an offensive line and let's just get a defensive line and let's get a linebacker and he can just have the same weapons he had last year. No, because it, he can't. we can't expect him to do this magic he does for 17 games or his legs are going to get tired by week eight. Get right. him as many weapons as he can, and then we can start to use that that running as a ace in the hole when everything else yeah. is, uh, you know, taken up. All the options are, you know, covered. Then he can take off, but don't make it your priority to do QB designed runs twelve times a game. Love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. My last last mm-hmm. question before we move on. Um, I just want. I mean, you know, clear shot answer. Um, is it too early, in your opinion, to declare the Claypool trade a bust just yet? Yes. Thank too, you. Too early. Um, he's Thank one year younger than Valus Jones. Valus Jones <laughs> is 25. Chase Claypool is 24. Are you guys done with Valus Jones? I I am. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> but do you think that he could contribute? I think like, I'm could, not saying yeah. he, he I'm not saying he could, he's going to become a star wide receiver, but he finished the end of the year strong, right? He did he what sh- he had to. Right. Yeah. He showed you some things in the kick return game yeah. and, you know, as the gadget player that he sh- could be as a third yeah. round wide receiver pick. Like yeah. I think he finished a se- season strong enough where some Bears fans can say, "Okay, he can be a role player on this team. Not a wide receiver 1 or 2 or even 3." but a yeah. guy that can have a role certainly as a kick returner and then small package of plays on offense this is what, sure. where I was going with that. Not necessarily to say, do you believe he can be a number one? Cause I don't believe that either. I'm just saying, okay. And he's 25 chase Claypool is 24 and has had a season where he had 900 receiving yards, nine touchdowns, and then two touchdowns in the playoffs. That was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And then his second year, which was two years ago, Ben Roethlisberger's wheels fall off. And he has a really tough year. He gets around 900 yards again, but only two touchdowns. But again, Ben Roethlisberger is struggling mightily. And then this year was a hodgepodge of a year for him. He's playing with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, who is learning the position, and then gets traded over here. And this is what I'll remind Bears fans with. The the first two games he played with the Bears were the Dolphins and the Lions, both of which they should have won. They didn't find, and I'm grateful for that because they have the number one pick, but they should have won both of those games. They scored 30 points in both of those games. Darnell Mooney's balling out. They're moving the football like crazy. Two couple touchdown passes. Chase Claypool in the Dolphins game should have had a pass interference at the end. Doesn't get called. And it looked, if that's how they had played the rest of the year, I don't think anybody would be questioning the Claypool trade. Then Claypool gets hurt. Mooney goes out for a year. Justin Fields hurts his shoulder. And they never gain any kind of chemistry. That's not a surprise to me when everybody gets hurt. Claypool got hurt twice. He got hurt early. And then he's, he's, so that's not good. Obviously we wanted to see more from him in the second half of the year, but am I giving up on this? Hell no. They got the whole off season to build. He's a talent. He has talent. He has the, the ability to be a good wide receiver. The key is going to be, can he build chemistry with Justin Fields? And if he can, he'll do just fine. And he'll do even better if they can just get another damn wide receiver to put with him and Darnell Mooney. 
because it's a matchup driven league. And when guys got to line up and you have Mooney and you have Claypool and you got Komet and you've got, uh, you know, another wide receiver there, whether it be DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans, (laughs) you know, and Oh, by the way, you have Justin Fields in the backfield who you got to put a spy on at all times, which leads to more one-on-ones. You know, they can't, you know, it's harder to, you know, disguise your defense when you got one guy that's got a spy, you know, now all of a sudden you're cooking, you know, and Chase Claypool can do what he does and that's be a good red zone target. Yeah. So without further ado, I think that means that that's the end of our Bears segment. Um, That was awesome. So uh, Ben, now it's time for your college corner um, where you focus just on college stuff. This well, is where yeah, I kind of no. back off into my corner, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, so he just obviously for the black. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously for the first like seven or the last like 17 weeks, it's been all about college and the games to look forward to. Um, but with the season over, you know, it's it's now time to finally look forward to the draft, which I would consider my forte. Um, and again, each and every week I give you guys a prospect breakdown. Um, I thought it was only right for me to talk about Charlie Jones today. <laughs> uh, quick rundown for those who um, don't know much about Charlie Jones. He is a senior wide receiver at Purdue. He started off at Buffalo, uh, same college Clue Mac did, uh, transferred to Iowa, and then from Iowa he spent a senior season here at Purdue. Uh, he had 110 catches, uh, 1,361 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Um as far as his pros, um, he's really good in the short game. I'm sure any Purdue fan can tell you about that. His slants, his curls, his crossers, uh, really good. But he's also very, very good at tracking the ball um, in the deep game. It was wild. Like, seeing him play against Michigan, which um, super complicated. I'm actually a Michigan fan. I should probably explain myself after this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, like, seeing him track that ball was crazy. But he's really good at tracking the ball. Um, in the air on the deep balls. That being said, he also has really good hands. Um, and again, any Purdue fan will tell you that he's very, very competitive. Um, the issue with him is he only has one season actual production. Um, he has, a, at best, a very basic release package. Uh, from what I've seen, he has like the same release package every single step. You know, He has one for the short game, one for the long game. Um, and he is a smaller guy. And because of that, he can get pushed off the line or off of his routes pretty easy. Um, and then he just doesn't have that high end upside. Uh, that being said, I, I, I see him as like a high end wide receiver too, slash uh, special teamers. Um, and yeah, I feel like I should explain myself. I am an Eagles fan and Michigan fan uh, for college. I'm wearing the IU shirt because I go to IU. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Philadelphia um, Ford. Your sports elitists are very confusing, Ben. Well, okay. (laughs) Mine are too, in all honesty. Mine too. uh, Eagles because my dad uh, was a Cowboys fan growing up, so big middle finger to him. Go Birds. Um, Screw you, Dad. (laughs) And then I don't know what it was about about Michigan, but from like a young age, it's like third grade, I was a Michigan fan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just so happen to go to school here at IU, so that's why I'm wearing okay. the IU shirt. Party school, well, I've partied at I in IU Bloomington more than a <laughs> few times. Yeah, little, <laughs> little uh, little five. Yeah, uh, little five is crazy. <laughs> I, my buddy raced in it for a few years, 
So, oh, really? Yeah, we had a lot of fun down there, and I got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Good town, uh, though. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun town. Um, but as a Purdue fan, like, what can you say about Charlie Jones? You know, I'm a Purdue basketball guy. Um, I'm actually a Notre Dame football fan. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't go to college. I drank at plenty of colleges with my <laughs> friends actually attended it. But, um, you know, people do uh, think that I am a Purdue. And I actually have, you know, learned to appreciate them certainly over the last, you know, five years or so as I'm starting to do coverage with Purdue. So I'm not like a hater to Purdue football. Certainly mm-hmm. I David Bell and Rondale Moore were both guys I wanted the Bears to draft. And they've certainly kind of um, they they started to build a little bit of a wide receiver you there, you know, uh, yeah. of sorts with those two guys. And then, as you mentioned, Charlie Jones, certainly productive um, with Brahms offense. And so I think he is a sleeper type. I mean, I don't know what round you're looking at him in. I mean, it sounds to me like he's like a fourth round type of guy. Yeah, you? third, fourth, third or fourth. I mean, I. And that would make sense to me. And, um, you know, you know, in a Bears lens, yeah, I mean, depending on how the draft falls, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Purdue moved up and down the field passing the football, and he was, you know, a guy that brought in a lot of catches. So, you know, while he probably needs some polishing with his route running and, and getting off the line of scrimmage and things like that, those are things you do learn when you get to the NFL level. Not everybody. There's some that – come in and are great at those things and then there's others that have to grow into that so you know i mean i'd certainly be interested but you just never know how the draft's gonna unfold and who's gonna be there and things of that nature but uh but yeah like i said i mean purdue has kind of shown that they a blueprint of of good wide receivers coming into the league now you know has rondale moore or david bell lit the world on fire in the NFL. And they were obviously much more talented wide receivers than Charlie Jones. But at the same time, Charlie's not going to be drafted in the first or second round. So his expectation level won't be as high. So maybe he's somebody that can come in as an underdog and, and, and as in a smaller role, make an impact that might feel bigger than, you know, Rondell Moore, not, you know, torching the league. Like I thought he would when he came in. I mean, it's all about your opportunity and where you're at, right? And he's in Arizona, and Kyler Murray's had his ups and downs and his struggles. So, you know, maybe if Rondell Moore is on a different team, he's already broken out by now. I didn't hear nothing from David Bell this year, but he plays for the Browns, yeah. you know, and they, you know, they they just got Deshaun Watson at the end of the year. So, but they're both very talented. And I really wanted the Bears to draft David Bell, and they went with Valus Jones. Um, I don't know if David would have been better, but I thought he was – I thought he was as good, if not a little better than Rondale Moore with his footwork and his hands. Rondale had the speed, but, um, you know, so, but that's for, uh, you know, later days that didn't work out. So Charlie Jones certainly could be somebody, you know, the Bears or other teams are obviously going to look at. He's going to get drafted, obviously. It'll just be a matter of if he gets to the right team with the right fit. Yep. So, um, and then just a look for the next few weeks for you guys, uh, college corner is just going to start kind of turning into this, uh, kind of mold. Um, I think next week we're probably going to break down the quarterback class and then the wide receiver class the week after, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, but to round it out, uh, each and every year, I like to make a list of kind of my guys. Um, I've done it for the last four years and this is not a hard, fast list. Uh, it's always changing for like example, um, 
people who are listening, I don't know if you guys know who Jermaine Davis is. I'm sure you guys do. Uh, but he was a first-round pick two years ago. Um, he started off on players I liked, and he ended up on players I don't like. So this is ever-changing. Uh, but I'll give them to you guys real quick. Uh, tier 1, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon. Gone over him. Um, and then a guy that I've been on even since the start of the season, uh, Will Levis. Those are my two Tier 1 guys. Uh, tier 2 consists of safety from Boise, J.L. Skinner. Uh, some dude Ryan has already talked about, and wide receiver Rashid Rice. Um, Edge, B.J. Ojolari, who is actually Aziz Ojolari's younger brother. And then uh, DeMar Overshow, linebacker out of uh, Texas. And I actually like him for you guys as well in like the third or fourth round. I think he'd be a fun. Um, I know Jack Sanborn played well, but I'm just a big fan of Overshow. Um, and then to end it in tier three, uh, Nick Herbig, which I've covered already. He's a, uh, he's going to play a weird role because uh, he's a nice edge rusher, but he's too small. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, who is another late round wide receiver for you Bears fans. Um we're showing Johnson, who is actually the backup back to um, B. John Robinson. And then uh, Dewan Jones, Brian, your offensive tackle, your other, or yeah, your other tackle there at Ohio State. And then guys, I'm a little bit lower on uh, Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver out of Iowa State. Uh, Derek Hall, edge out of Auburn. Drew Sanders, linebacker. That's just because I think his role is going to be tough to find. Uh, shocking, and Bears fans aren't going to probably like this, that I say these two players, uh, Tyree Wilson and Brian Breezy. Um, we will get to those two guys in episodes to come. So, All right. Now is now is going to be probably one of the most fun segments. Um, so this is the part where we start kind of – we want to start moving towards more fun segments that yes. are fun to not only do but to, to watch. Um, we're going to play some Weddle. Um, it's, you know, not been doing, going very well for me at all lately. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I won just past week, so that was good. Um, except I'm as of right now, 10 and 16 bends up. So, um, anyways, so this first round for those that are unfamiliar with it, uh, we help each other out since it's the easy round. And then the hard round is where, Everybody, you know, it's for all the marbles. Um, so Braggs is his job today is to steal a win from Ben or or myself. Um, yeah. Pretty much, if if he were to correctly guess the player in the second round, then neither one of us would get the point. Um, and then you know, Ben and I are fighting for it as well. Um, so have you? You've played Weddle before, right? I've never it? played Weddle, and this no. is terrifying. yeah yeah so pretty much uh the first round quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and i think yeah tight ends are also in there so it's just skill players um and then hard mode is any player in the league um we're talking depth players even so it's kind of hard um so without further ado name me just random player who do you want name a random player this is, you're really putting me on the spot here. I didn't, you got me terrified here. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I mean, I, I, I like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. What I mean, explain what it's like. Right, again. Show. So, all right, for example, I'll kick us off. Ben will go after, and then you can, yeah. you can see what's, what's going on afterwards. Okay. I'll go with Justin Fields. 
Okay. So right now, this is a horrible example. Because um, so it literally doesn't show us anything. <laughs> it's an NFC player, okay? But it's not a quarterback, and he's a little bit shorter than six foot three, or he's he's a lot shorter than six foot three actually. He's older than twenty three, and he's uh, his jersey number is higher than number one. So Ben, your next pick would be. Um. See, my, my thought process here: NFC player, a little bit. I, I don't know if he's a little bit older than 23, but he's older than 23. Um, with the height, I'm going to probably guess he's a running back. Um, give me Saquon. Ah, so I am still so back. confused. So... I'm trying my best here, boys, but it is, this is confusing because, like, you pick Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and it says the position's quarterback. It's shorter than 6'3". So you ha- those are the parameters in which you have to pick someone? So, yeah, so basically we're guessing a random player out of this. So basically with my guess, I didn't get anything. But with Ben's, um, he narrowed it down. It's a running back. Oh, I see, exactly I see, because we're trying tall. to like. It's okay, one player. I see, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. So in, in another hint as well, since we're helping each other out with this one, um, it's not in the NFC North. It's not in the NFC East, but it is in the NFC, and that's what the yellow means. Okay. Um, he's a okay. little bit older than 25. We're getting closer. And the green and means it numbers. is a running back. It is a running yes. back, and he is six mm-hmm. foot. And he is six foot. A running back that is six foot in the NFC. Um, this place for East, who's which the, is. Who's the running back that got shot? Brian. Brian it, it can't be Brian Robinson because it's not in the NFC East. Oh, yeah. I see. All right. See, you're so, out. I like that. Um, yeah. So it, it either has to be it either has to be the East, which is the Falcons, Panthers, all right, all right, all right. And, um, yeah, or the Niners division. Okay. Um uh Dante Foreman. Uh, how do you wait? Is it I would just do Foreman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't guessing that one. What? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> He's okay. All right. So there's the easy See, mode. I learned the rules, and that's it. And that's it. I got it. Dante <laughs> Foreman. Bam. I've never seen a snipe like that on the show. We've been doing this for. I mean, hey, the Jermaine Pratt snipe was the best. Uh, this is pretty I, good. I, He's yeah, never. I don't even know who Jermaine Pratt is, so that's definitely a better snipe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because so like, is, here's the thing, boy. Like. <laughs> last two of the last three years before this year, I was the fantasy football champion and I was the champ. I, I was good at it yeah. this year. I was last in fantasy football. Why? Cause now I'm at the studio. It's so unique because like normally I'm at home and I got a nice three TV setup. I watch all the games. I'm obsessed with my fantasy team. I know every player on every team, but when we're at the studio, we're only watching the bears. And then when yeah. the bears game is over, we do, the post game show. So I don't get to watch the three o'clock games either. And by the time I get home, the night game, it's like, I'm over it all. And I just want to relax my mind, hang out with my daughter. So I'm like, like I'm trying my best to like, cause it's my job to know the whole, fo- the whole league, but it's yeah. a lot harder this year for me when we're so focused on covering the bears to like know everything. And like I said, I went from the champ, two of the last three years in our fantasy league, which is a tough league to literally last dead last embarrassment this year because I couldn't follow anything. 
So I, yeah. I, the sharks around me, they were just swimming and taking up all the good players. And I didn't have the best draft, which is obviously what you need to do to win a fantasy championship. But so I'm a little out of the loop, but I'm proud of myself with that one there. But I that ain't pulling great. no Pratt out of my hat here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Hey, you never know. I mean, you know, I bet you but didn't think that you were going to win the first round. Yeah, but that's because I know who Dante Foreman is. Pratt, yeah. I couldn't tell you who he plays for. I know that's embarrassing because I literally cover the league. Line, yeah, linebackers, Bengals. Okay, that's great. I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, name me a random player just to kick us off. Yeah, to kick us off. Oh, my Anybody. God. And this is where I like you put me on the spot because it could be a bear. It could be a bear. But I don't want it to be a bear because I want to feel like I'm actually like contributing something. So we're going to go with uh, Cordero Patterson, a former awesome. bear. I'm a total moron here. I'm trying to like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, All right. so that's ben, good because I'm hitting greens, right? No, yeah. Ryan, uh-uh, you went first, bud. So you're going, you're going here. Okay. All right, that's fine. So it's an Atlanta player in the NFC South. He is an offensive player. So just because it's yellow, um, that gives us the hint that it is on offense. It's not on defense. Um, So it could be linemen and it could be tight ends, running backs, stuff like that. Um, If it's a lineman, I'll tell you this right now, I'm so screwed. Um, But let's see. Um, He's a little bit taller than six foot two. He's way younger than 31. His jersey number is a lot less than 84. I'm going to go with Drake London. Okay, so it's not that. Um, that's fine. All right, cool. Ben? Uh, I hope I hope this is who it is. Uh, Jalen Mayfield. I don't know who that Mich- is. Michigan guy. Uh, not, but he is ooh. a guard, so I'm screwed. I'm screwed too. Uh, okay. I couldn't so... tell you one offensive lineman in the entire – NFC South. J- J- I mean, Michigan I know it's my game. job. Like, see, this you guys are make, make me look bad here, but like, <laughs> god dang, like, <laughs> at least I got uh, the Dante Foreman to start because this is gonna that was get good. ugly. Yeah, that was good. Um, let's see. We always have a rule if no one, if, if no one even has a, a guess, we'll zero it out. And you can Google it. Yeah. yeah, you can Google if no one if no one has any idea. Like Bars, maybe does he play for Atlanta? You're probably thinking he... Alex Mack, and he's gone. Mack, he is. He's gone. He doesn't. Alex Bars or Alex Bars. It's my guess. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I know it's not. Yeah, he's he's Vegas, but he is a guard. Okay, whatever. He's, he's a guard, and he's six five. So it's a ta- yeah. It's got to be a. Like six five, that is that. That's probably not a tack. Tackles are probably a little taller, huh? Well, well, it is a guard. Oh, it is a guard. I'm sorry. See, yeah. Look at God. Damn, My thing I'm is such a caveman. I've done this for so long with Ben that I know he's gonna get this, and it's gonna be ridiculous. Just, just watch. Ben. I don't know, dude. The, here, scroll down. Let me see the age. He's see yeah. Ryan. I'm good with players that are within like the 22 to like 26 range. Just because of the draft, we're just outside that. Just outside that, I know it's because of the draft. I'm, 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 I, oh, I'm, I'm gonna Google it. I'm giving up. I'm waving my white flag. Um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you if I think that you can get it. Yeah. Um, let's see. It's not him. Okay. Hold on a minute. 
It's not him either. What the heck? Okay, hold on. So, yeah, best of luck to you, buddy. I don't know if you – I mean, I'm going through the depth chart right now. Um, <laughs> he's he's the second string left guard, if you can – or right guard, I'm sorry. Yeah, because he definitely plays for Atlanta. Yeah. He's a guard. There's no way that you guess it. There's no way. I Look, I have all the faith in the world in you, buddy, but – I don't think you're ever gonna guess this guy. We won't. We won't count it as. We won't count it as a point. Yeah. We can make a, We can make it fun out of this. What could you, could you click on him and tell me what other teams he's played for? Um, the Cardinals in 2018 to 2019, in just one season. He's, yeah. I don't know why it says that he's close to 27. He is 27. So it means his birthday was just he is it's his third season in the NFL this past season. It's his third season in the NFL. Yeah, he was a sixth round pick in 2018 via Minnesota, but it was from the card or from Minnesota via the Cardinals. 2018 would have been four years ago. He's got a funny birthplace. Mm-mm. Do you want me to just type it in? Yeah, yeah. Will be gossip. And that's what I was no gonna way. say. It's not okay. Then it's okay, not. okay. So, so I, I I get another chance. Come on now. All right, yeah, go for it. Then that means that it's dude, this is ridiculous. I still don't think you're gonna get it. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Because no, it, I mean, just just come on, come on, dude. I'm, I'm I'm not even kidding you. I'm going through their depth chart and nothing's lining up with any of this. Maybe it's a like, tackle. Yeah, but it says guard. Well, yeah, yeah the, the the thing has it off. I'm pretty sure they sell like Christian McCaffrey as a Panther. I mean, I don't know. hold on. We'll start naming some offensive linemen, Ben. I, I see this. Is, I, who watches the Falcons? There's probably seven people in the whole <laughs> United States that are Falcons fans. They have a cool stadium. It's just struggling to fill it up. That's the issue. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't name any of off, off the top. Oh, of come on. Field. Here we go. You ready? All right, Braggs, you might be able to get this. He was a former Bear, and he's a tackle. Um, He wasn't very good, but he was a former Bear. I'm look. I looked up the Weddle answers. If that if that makes you feel any mm-hmm. better, uh, he's a former Bear. He wasn't very good, and he was an offensive tackle. Yeah, I I saw that. So Ben, you go. You saw it. Yeah. Recently played for the Bears. As um, a vet, veteran veteran tackle yeah. that came to the Bears. You want to yeah. get? You want? He the was other a Bear team? last year. You want the other team? He was he a Bear last for? year. Yeah. You want the other team he played for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seattle. That dude, that makes me so mad that it wasn't because I I might have been able to get that. I'm not even gonna lie. Right, right, because we're Bears fans. Like the fact that the answer is a bear. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and not some random Colby Gusset. (laughs) Yeah. Ryan, do you know when he was drafted? Um, he was drafted in 2016. He was the 31st pick. That's not gonna help, is it? 31st pick, though. He's 28 years old. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's not Charles Leno. It's not Dwayne Brown. Um, that's what I think of when I think of Seattle. It's Dwayne Brown. Do you want me to type it in? Throw yeah. it in the white flag. Yeah. It's Jermaine Effetti. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all Jermaine, right. Jermaine. I, I, I should have known with the Jermaine snipe I had earlier. It's all right. Well. It's okay. Um. All right. Last segment here. <laughs> our, our most fun segment. And, and Braggs, this is the oh, one that God. I told you I'm not going to tell you about because I think that you would Good enjoy luck. it more if I didn't. Good luck. So Gridiron Goofs is our – Football, it's unrelated to football, more than likely. Um, we normally do drafts, and this time around we're doing Kool-Aid flavors. Okay. So um, that being said, because you're the guest, you get first pick. That's a Kool-Aid um, flavors. Come on now. <laughs> and Ben, I think you got first pick out of both of us last draft because we did the draft. I don't remember driver. what it was. So, uh, all right. So, no, you got you got to pick though. You flip and you got to pick between second or third to the snake. Oh no! So yeah, I'm picking right. a Kool Aid right. flavor with my first pick. <laughs> five, yeah, yeah. You got to think of five Kool Aid flavors. Five Kool Aid. <laughs> That's gonna say good let's luck just, with it. <laughs> let's just let's just trim it down to like three. Okay, three. That's you nine. Three. That I mean, was cherry. Three. Right. Okay. All right. Well, all right. And then let's see, Ben, you're up next. Um, are we snaking this or are we just doing one, two, three, one, two, three? Just one, two, three, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we got to go with like the, the tropical punch. That's just what Kool-Aid is. Um, all right. I'm going with like the, the green apple one. Mm. I'm going grape. Oh. I forgot about that one. And That's as soon as I said that, one. I was like, yep, he's going to pick grape from me. Ben? Where'd you go, Ryan? Green apple. Green apple. Oh, I don't have it on there. Give me the blue raspberry lemonade. Hmm. Okay. By the way, Google is a resource here. Okay. You can yeah. totally use it yeah. in this segment. Um, okay. I know there's more too that I'm just not thinking of because it's a little late now. Um, <laughs> what am I not thinking of? Um, I really like orange. Orange was actually Damn, a classic. I'm gonna go with the orange. <laughs> Bear down. Yeah, get that. Lemon lime. That's uh. Is there a green apple or is it lemon lime? No, no. no there's a lemon okay. lime. No, he's right. Yeah. Fair. I like so That's I you know like if you watch CHGO Bears they always make fun of the brick juice as Corey Wooten is it Kool Aid calls it it's not Kool Aid but it's water and it's uh, lemon lime Mew. Mew. oh hey my, that is my drink of choice and so when they talk about the brick juice that's what this is dude I was watching <laughs> the show earlier and I was like it's gonna be so ironic if he comes to the show with Kool Aid. Because he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The brick juice, as we call it. <laughs> and you're up next. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll round it out with watermelon. My boss calls it pea water. Yeah, I could see why. It sure it looks, looks like, like pea water. Um, so, <laughs> all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this before I make my pick. When you said cherry, because there's two different flavors. There's, there's a black couple cherry, different cherries. 
And then there's no, just there's normal regu- cherry. regular cherry. And then they have cherry right. berry too. Because I'm, I'm a cherry Coke a guy, wild cherry Pepsi. So that's why I, I went cherry. I, I'm a vanilla cherry Coke guy. Black cherry is the best Kool Aid flavor out there. No. Um, I'm going to die on that hill. But Bad that is kid. the best one, and that's exactly what I'm taking. And it should have been first overall, but I don't know. Apparently, Bad Bryce taste. has bad taste. I don't know. <laughs> I um, definitely. <laughs> I'm definitely a plain Jane guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> dude, this has been so much fun. It's been yeah. a really, really yes. long one. But in all honesty, um, I'm not upset about it. Ben well, I take responsibility for it. You know, I'm sure anybody that tunes in won't be surprised that all my answers are long-winded, but no, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on, having some fun shooting the shit, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry if uh, I'm the re- I'm the reason. It's not you guys. I'm the reason. If it went too long for you, that's my fault. But I enjoyed your guys' company. Appreciate you guys having me on, and I'm always happy to talk sports. So anytime you guys want me back on, you just let me know. This is great, man. We had a lot yes. of fun. Uh, lots of good points from you. We really do appreciate it. And um, like I said before, we appreciate your time. Uh, stick around after the show too, because I have one last question that I got to ask. Um, but with that being said, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Pigskin Project. Um, if you would, please leave us a review down below. It helps us a lot more than you know. Uh, drop a follow if you're new too. Uh, we like to kind of keep things a little, you know, posted more. Um, I'm trying to keep up to date with the Twitter. So, you know, as far as advertising for the podcast and stuff like that, keeping you guys in the loop of things as well, as far as announcements, um, we want to give a big thank you to overtime sports network, regional radio sports network, and the uppercuts grooming at Valparaiso, Indiana for helping us kind of grow. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you guys are really what helps us do this and brags are playing a huge point in this as well. So I really do appreciate everything. Um, but you know, thanks again. And like I said, leave a review and some comments too, if you have any more recommendations, but without further ado, that'll do it for this week's episode. And we'll see you next week.